Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Robots Radio presents... Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and tonight we're going to be talking about PlayStation 5 reveals. We're going to be talking about Ghost Shells, and we're going to invite Danfinity on the podcast for our discussion with the Guardians. We're going to reflect on the last 12 months. We're going to talk about the latest Destiny news. We're going to talk about PlayStation 5 and so much more. So thank you all for joining us tonight on The Destiny Show. And I want to kick things off by welcoming my co-host, Shadow Price. How are you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> it's just been a crazy 27 hours, like I said earlier. Like, it's just, you know, after the Sony event happened and the pre-orders went live and all the, cra- all the craziness ensued, and then we had the graphics card fiasco, and it's just like, wow, everything's happening. And, and Nintendo had a direct mini today, too, and announced two new Monster Hunter games. Oh, wow. Coming to the Switch. <laughs> so, yeah. And then there's also rumors of a more powerful Switch capable of 4K mm-hmm. coming next year, too. So, I mean, yeah. my God, is it a great time to be a gamer? That's exciting. Not a great time to be a gamer's wallet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That, too. Not a great time for your wallet, but, you know. Oh, my God. You you know what's crazy? These consoles are going to be launching in the same week. Mm-hmm. PS PS Five is launching November tenth. Tw- I'm sorry, Xbox Series X and the Series S is launching November tenth, and PS Five is launching November twelfth. Two days after, the same week. That's nuts. Yeah, like people are like if people are buying both consoles, man, I do feel sorry for your wallet. Seriously. <sighs> Yeah, if you're you're getting both physical, that's like that's 1100 bones right there, easily. So, after tax, can we not? Can we not talk about this? (laughs) Please, I know. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully another stimulus check will come through. You'll that'll pay for it. Yeah, that 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 would (laughs) (laughs) that'll do it. Oh man, so PlayStation 5, it was pretty much stealth dropped i think that's a pretty fair assessment and did you guys get one i was able to get one i was able to secure a pre-order yep okay okay i i did not purchase purchase one i am i'm foregoing it for now it's going to be around for at least what like five six years (laughs) it should be fine yeah, uh, they'll sell yeah. the initial stock, and then after the holidays, it'll be restocked. I'm sure. Exactly. So I I figure I I'll have time. Really, mm-hmm. the the only game I I play on on stream is Destiny anyway, 
And so with PS4s still being the plan being for them to keep using PS4s for another couple of years. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to uh it's not gonna be a uh it's not gonna ding me too hard in production value. Um the yeah I'm focusing more on trying to get a 30 series card for the PC so that I can, you know, hmm. run the, my the- single PC rig a little bit nicer the other train wreck that happened yeah exactly today, basically there's a lot of a lot of train wrecks yeah <laughs> great day for a train wreck watcher oh yeah we're going to talk about those train wrecks but for the first time in the destiny community these are train wrecks that are not happening to bungie so that's great <laughs> we have more uh different types of train wrecks to talk about here on the show and we're going to talk about them in just a little bit. But before we do, I want to invite somebody really cool. And you're hearing him here on the show. And he is the host of the Planet Destiny podcast. He's a streamer, Destiny community member, and also the member of Last, Last Rights Gaming and the Ascend stream team. And he is the awesome Dan Finity. And we welcome him back on the show to discuss PlayStation 5, the next generation of gaming, and all things Destiny 2. So, Dan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's so great to have you. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It was, it was, it was a pleasure to be invited to be, be at play, be places. Normally, I'm the person that's inviting pe- people to come join the party. So, good to be at somebody else's party for once. Right, it's great to not have to edit, right? It's cool to just be able oh, to yeah. hang out. It's like, I don't have to worry about any of that. Like, you guys do all the work. <laughs> right. We're going to put you back on the hot seat tonight for okay. our discussion with the Guardians, but we know how you got started in Destiny. We know you. Mr. Yeah. Danfinity is no rookie here on the Destiny show. And we're going to kick things off by talking about 2020. So... How has 2020 been for you? Um. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so the first couple, the first couple of months of were, were, you know, like any other year, and then uh, yeah, then the Rona happened, and it started off uh, okay, right? I mean, yeah, it, it started it off all right. Me. It was fine. It was yeah. it was it was fine. I hanging out with people and trying to like I'm 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 every day is a, is a journey to become a better version of you. Right. And so if anything, this is just fast. Like it's the hyperbaric chamber. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of helped distill me more, uh, in this year. And, um, as far as like personal life goes, um, Jenny, my, my girlfriend, Jenny, uh, she just graduated, uh, with, from her master's program, which is like, excellent awesome. and awesome. um my job congratulations of, like, to her yeah um i was able to keep a job the the that that over the the quarantine period uh they they didn't um furlough us or they furloughed us but with pay so that was nice um and uh but content wise it's it's been it's been pretty fun uh, the seeing a lot of growth this year and when it comes to the channel and the other projects that I'm a part of and looking to then turn that into another growth opportunity with um, in, in around November, around Beyond Light, I'm going to be releasing some uh, some dungeon guides to focus new players to the uh, to the game. And um, 
just a few other uh, like new YouTube videos and stuff. I'm I'm new to that realm, so trying to uh, dip my toe in there a little bit. So yeah, awesome. that's how 2020's been. It's 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 been it's it's been oddly good for 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 me personally. Yeah, that's it's great. been a whirlwind. It's been like a roller coaster year because like a lot of ups, a lot of downs, and just overall a lot of craziness. You know, because mm-hmm. like a lot for, of perseverance too. Yeah, a lot of perseverance yeah. and from everybody. And it, yeah. it, it's it's this isn't just happening to like one person. This isn't happening to one group of people. It's happening to everyone all at once. Right. And yeah, it is. In my estimate, something that that. It, this is like a generation distilling moment. That we are in history and it like gaming and stuff is all cool. Um, but we're we're kind of witnessing strange strange times and uh just kind of absorbing that moment and and seeing how that will uh change things in the future yeah it it, it tests it's it's be, it's definitely tested people the character of people the you know how how we go about our, our daily lives you know how mm-hmm. how things have changed for everybody and you know when we eventually got in a in a place that we thought we were you know okay and safe again like gaming kind of like got us through it like gaming yeah. and you know just watching youtube and you know still connecting with people going back and playing destiny one like we did mm-hmm. that with our friends in april <laughs> we we played for like which a whole characters month. did you run oh i went hunter all the time yeah oh, I'm, I'm you, you guys are my favorite you, you guys like thank you so much normally on the show i'm surrounded by warlocks <laughs> and one and and uh on, on planet destiny i'm surrounded by warlocks or like aura who is like class uh agnostic i guess you could say yeah he's class agnostic mm. <laughs> so it's just like no i need some hunter blood in here <laughs> yeah tbl is definitely a warlock isn't he definitely yeah. Hunters for life here, bro. Yeah, I love I love the hunter class. I just love the jump. I love the movement. You know, that's mm-hmm. just I, I that's that's what I loved in D1. I loved my blade dancer. I loved my blinking blade dancer. <laughs> I want blink back for the hunter. Please. Oh, I want if it's Please on that it. revenant class. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sweet, sweet mama, I'm coming home. I can't wait. Yes. And <laughs> I gotta ask. What are your thoughts on Destiny 2 since Shadowkeep? Okay, diving right in. Um, I I like a lot of what, what Destiny 2 is, has done um in the past year. I feel like there there, there are things that they could they could change <laughs> a, a little along the way. Uh the the Devil's Ruin quest was interesting. Um, for the, for the most part, I see, I see the past year as a, um, a general win for Bungie. They self-produced it. They did a lot of experimenting with different models for how, um, people can ingest their, their game. Uh, we have some really memorable moments too. Like, um. Oh, what was the quest? The the with with the uh with the maze. Oh 
What was that? Beginning oh, of the, the quarter, quarters of time. Yeah, the corridors of time. We had yeah. like that was like that is a community distilling moment. Like some people remember yeah. when Vault of Glass went down. Some people remember when Last Wish was won. Some people remember when the corridors of time were solved. And yeah, it was like it's it is going to be one of those big moments that is talked about for years afterward. Um, especially like seeing where we are now, we're like six years in to Destiny as a franchise. And there's already so many moments for the community and, and well-loved um, events that happened. We had our first that, live event too with the almighty yeah, blowing exactly. up. Exactly. It's just, yeah. it's a year where Bungie hasn't been really consistent with release um, in regards to, I, I think they always try to strive for quality and they strive for playability but they've also been really, really experimenting with how they how they do things um, in their game, and from the standpoint of somebody who 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 looks at a creative process and is like, okay, this wasn't this wasn't a great move, but I can see how it could it could breed there's a, potential there. Yeah, there's there's a positive potential in it yeah. that then can lead to something awesome down the road. I think I think they're on the right track in a lot of regards. Um, but uh yeah there there were some missteps but overall i think it's a win for them this year yeah i i don't want them to be afraid to take chances you know i mm-hmm. I, I want them to take chances and you know think outside the box because sometimes your greatest ideas like yeah happen you know when you experiment they took a lot of big swings this year. And I, like one of the things is like uh, this week is a perfect example of that. The double loot bug, right? They took yeah. the double loot bug that happened in one of the Grandmasters last season, right? Yeah. They took that and they made it a feature this week, uh, which is allowing people to get all sorts of golf balls and glow sticks and all sorts, all sorts of uh, armor leveling materials right now and they're just saying okay here's the gates have fun the the gates are open go have fun go if you want this thing you have to go play this for it and it it leads to a more direct path for leveling up um it's something that i want to see more of down the line but i think that they've they're when they say we're paying attention they are and this is kind of evidence of that they see the fun factor in people wanting to grind for materials and they're allowing people to play how they want. Right. And you're going to need those come, um, come beyond light. Oh yeah. Invest into your, your new, you know, armor and things like that. You know, what are you guys already, are you guys already preparing for next, next expansion, next season, whatever. That's funny. Uh, No, (laughs) not quite yet. I need to finish up my, my endeavors this season first okay before he can think gotcha. about next i mean i i've got tons of shards already i've got tons of shards and i actually got a lot of enhancement cores i got almost yeah. a thousand of those um i could use probably more shards ascended shards though like i have plenty of legendary shards but i probably could use more ascended shards and more of the uh you're like you said the glow sticks <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah Probably don't have the ascendant shards, but I'm sure I have like twenty, thirty thousand legendary shards. I never run out. It's it's I don't know how I do it. So right. 
Yeah. We have, I think, as of today, as of the day of recording, we have 53 days left in the season. Um, so that's almost a full season in and of itself. <laughs> um, we have, so I'm going to drop a link in your podcast feedback channel. Um, there is a website called destinyrecipes.com forward slash checklist for you or any of your viewers who are interested in, um, in preparing for next season and finding um, and, and getting your materials down. It breaks everything down by like what your planetary materials look like. Do you have all the mods and armor uh, for fallen hive hive and taken next season? Um, How many, like are you storing XP in your bounties or glimmer in your, uh, in different, um, ships or sparrows and all that other kinds of stuff um and so i've been kind of using that to just kind of get a head head start on next season i've never really prepared for a season before and when i've this this season marks the first time that i'm like okay i want to i want to have all the things at the start and see what see what a season like that is like um it's kind of exciting because all my all my other chases right now are either tied to titles like i'm going for blacksmith and reckoner um personal uh i want to get solo flawless prophecy and pit done before the end of the season and um i'm currently i'm on a quest to get to help people get 100 anarchies so i have me and my team and my friend Pablito Savage, I've I've helped people get new like new freshly minted anarchies, 26 anarchies this season so far. Nice. So Look I'm a quarter go. of the way there. Yeah, I'm a quarter of the way there. I've got a lot of work ahead of me. <laughs> but um I want to see more people with that weapon and I want to see more people achieve it. So like that's a personal goal. It's yeah. not so much experience based or I really don't care about the season pass right now. Cause I'm at two fifty. but in the mm. long run, my goals are personal more so than they are for anything in game that I'm missing. Yeah. I, um, I helped some buddies do, uh, we did farm of, uh, the scourge boss. Um, yeah, I might, I think I helped get like people get like five anarchies. That's awesome. Uh, you know, so it's like, nice. I, yeah, I was asked to join in and we, we must've did like 10 to 15 runs of the boss. Oh um, yeah. So it was, yeah. My, fa- my favorite thing in the world. So, uh, my, I have a buddy named Bibletron who, who didn't have anarchy. I think he ran, uh, scourge like a cu- a handful of times, mm-hmm. uh, not so much in order to like push him over that threshold where it was like a 50, 50 drop or whatever. Um, so we were running with him, and I think it was like 23, 24 runs before he got his. But when we'd bring in other folks to kind of fill in gaps after someone else had got their first anarchy, it was remarkable to see the amount of times somebody got it on their first run. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was just like, well, you got yours before Bibble, so feel good about that. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the weapon. Yeah, because isn't there a percentage once yeah. you've ran it? So many times, isn't there like a yeah. built-in percentage? 
I think like, it's like right. after you hit it 25 times, that's when the 50-50 starts taking into effect. And like, yeah. and it, it only increases from that point on. So um, I could be wrong with the numbers there. I probably am wrong with the numbers there. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's a good farm. And especially. Um, it's a fun because, boss fight. Actually. Yeah. The boss checkpoint doesn't reset. The checkpoints in, in Scourge don't really reset. So you can mm-hmm. kind of hold on to different ones along the way. And uh, yeah, so I almost permanently have this Scourge boss checkpoint. So if anybody wants to just run the boss over and over again for a guaranteed anarchy, just let me know. Like, it's part of, I want to help you get the thing. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Get that bread, Guardians. Yeah. And if anyone wants to get in contact with you so they can get that bread, how do they reach out to you? Oh, uh, you can hit me in DMs on Twitter and Instagram at Danfinity, where the eyes are L's, or you can hit me up on Twitch, where I stream three days a week, twitch.tv forward slash Danfinity. Um, yeah, I normally do PvE helps on PC and PlayStation, so that kind of stuff. If you're on those two platforms, you're in luck. My Xbox, unfortunately, is collecting dust and uh, is backed up with updates, and uh, <laughs> it's a sad state of affairs. But other than that, it's uh, it's there, mainly yeah. I definitely feel you there. Although I do play Beat Saber for my workouts, yeah. Since I'm not going to the gym, but uh, other than that, yeah, it's been pretty much collecting dust. Yeah. So I gotcha. Dan, on the topic of mm-hmm. of Twitch, how has your streaming career been in the last twelve months? And are there any? important lessons that you learned in the last year um yeah i mean so last year uh i missed i missed gcx last year and um because i went to a wedding with my girlfriend it was it was a very lovely time out in san diego and i when i came back that last couple months of 2019 i got really obsessed with numbers and it isn't like like I had spreadsheets and I was trying to break things down and I was trying to like I was trying to like fi- like create recreate magic right, which <laughs> streaming is streaming is not it is it is not um your despite your your best laid intentions um your audience will probably respond to that kind of desperation poorly <laughs> and so um. I don't know. This year has just been uh, a lot of lessons in regards to like being patient, doing what you're passionate about, checking the levels on what your community is passionate about and finding that space in the middle where the two can, can work together instead of trying to force something to happen. uh, Instead of pushing for something, I'm now I'm, I've, I've now kind of like, I'm a little bit more breezy with stream and with content schedule and allowing myself to create on a timeline that is healthy and feasible for me as a creator. And um, I hope is entertaining for the community around me. And that, that has only shown uh, to be true. Uh, It's at least reflected in how my community has grown over the past year. We, 
I last year I wouldn't have dreamed of applying for a Discord partnership, right? Because that's normally something that happens to like after you get partnered to stream like on on Twitch, right? And we applied about a month ago. We we hit the numbers. Uh, we were actually over the numbers uh, by a bit, and that is that that is speaks to my community more so than it does to me, and so we we applied for that that's a that's a big milestone if we get that i'm i'm going to be very very surprised and excited um for all the work that they put in um i don't know it's it's just a lot of patience and a lot of a lot of doing your own stuff also can you curse on here i don't i yeah, don't know absolutely okay oh, go for okay. it so yeah i don't know i i just wanted to double check <laughs> i wasn't <laughs> sure if i had yet or not <laughs> Oh no, we're not we're not a family friendly podcast all the time. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, that's that's been the big big thing is like just finding a creative balance for yourself and for your community and uh celebrating celebrating just the overall process instead of like striving for something that may not happen within the next six months. Just setting the groundwork for meaningful connection you know dan there's something you mentioned and that was the push and can you elaborate a little bit more on that um okay so i i think and you see this a lot in in twitch culture um you see, see people push for partner right like they they they're the idea being that like you're you're trying to get partnership with Twitch uh, for various different reasons. It could be monetary or it could be like ego driven, or it could be because you want your community to have something. It could be a mixture of all, all of those different things. Um, and there's no right or wrong to it. Right. Because being a Twitch partner, that's, that's a badge that says that this content is quality. This creator makes good stuff and, or at least things that like people enjoy watching. And for, for a while there, I was obsessed with it. I was like with trying to make it happen. And for me on my path on it, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. I have to, if I, if I try to grind something out um, to the point of exhaustion, then I'm not going to be a happy creator and the stuff that I make is going to suffer. So if I, if I kind of like pull back a little bit and allow myself to a have fun, regardless of if it's getting views or not, it actually has this weird counter effect of people tuning in. <laughs> I don't, I don't oh, know yeah. if that makes sense. People are going to be able <laughs> to tell if you're like dragon and if you're like, right. you know, not, you know, as engaging and things like that, you know, they're like, Oh, what's wrong? Why, why is this? Why are they not right? There must be something. Do you wrong. not like doing this? Do you yeah. not like doing this? Then why are you doing this? Because a lot of people <laughs> tune in for the for the entertainment. You know, right? The entertainment like, is a huge part of you know um, why people watch or some semblance of community. Right? Like we yeah. we are social creatures and we want to be part of something. Be part of something, and we want to identify with one another, even yeah. it, or like, or have like some aspirational goal. 
for 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 how we are and i think twitch kind of falls into that sometimes like we have major personalities you guys just had glad on your podcast like two weeks ago right yeah and like he's a major personality within within the the overall destiny directory on twitch and people yeah, he casts a pretty big shadow <laughs> yeah people look up to him and yeah i can't i can't imagine the pressure that he'd be under um as a creator but he se- he seems fairly carefree about it and not that he doesn't think about his his content at all i think if anything he thinks about his content more than you do but the like his entertainment value is, is very high. He's, he's got high energy and everything yeah. too, you know? So it's so, like, yeah, I don't know. It's, do you try to force something that maybe people aren't buying or do you sit down and you're like, you know what? It, it, like punk rock ethos, fuck them. I'm going to do what I want and my people will find me. I think you'll find more people. I think you find more dedicated and loyal people when you're just like my people will find me rather than i'm trying to find people yeah well i think that's so true and you know i kind of had a similar thing happen a little a little bit ago not too long ago mm-hmm. and you know i i had bigger expectations than what occurred and i felt bad right but at the end of the day i realized that you know our success isn't defined by how many people are watching you live like like that doesn't define the quality of your content or being partnered for that matter right because sometimes the quality of your content isn't depicted by your numbers and we get caught up we get caught up and so easy because sometimes we correlate our success by the numbers and i don't know if that's always the best way to do that and I, I think one of the pitfalls of social media is that you correlate value to the amount of likes that you have and whether or not you should repeat that. And I, th- instead, I think the value is what you have to say and how you say it versus like how many impressions you get. So I think these are really great, great uh, words of wisdom. And thank you for being so honest and open with us here. Absolutely. I'm an open book. And and Dan, so why why do you podcast? You, you know, you're a host of Planet Destiny. You do it every week. How many episodes have you guys done? It's it's well over a hundred. It's like almost uh, last week was two fifty-three. And I think in four more episodes, I'll have been around for about a hundred episodes of that. Um so yeah, it's nice. it's a pretty staggering. Um, it's it's kind of weird to think about because I think it's the uh, I've been a part of this content team longer than any other. I was I was uh, originally Destiny Tracker back in the day. How I got my start was through Destiny Tracker. They were doing like a stream team and everything, and I was the raid Sherpa guy. I helped Sherpa raids on Tuesdays uh, until I got burnt out on it because the people who would come, the folks who would come through. Uh, I don't like raffle culture all that much when it comes to Twitch. It's just like the people are just coming in to go. I I just want to play and get my shit and then leave. I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> I'm not yeah. a huge fan of that thing. A service so, streamer. See, I think service and and 
and raffle culture are two different things. I think you can be a service and be successful and have a community that is around that, around you helping people through activities without it being like someone shows up, exclamation raffle, they come in, they they possibly say some racist shit while you're streaming, and then they leave, never to be seen again, but how you're forever marked by it. I feel like there's there's an odd dichotomy there. Um but when but with Planet Destiny, I've been I've been there for I, I started out as a streamer there and then I got asked to be on the podcast because I did another podcast called SideQuest Sunday, which is now SideQuests. And here I am <laughs> with you guys as a guest and almost a hundred episode a hundred episodes in uh with helping them on uh on their on their quest for podcast greatness so it's been a a tremendous learning experience because i edit almost every episode even if i'm not on it i still edit that episode um i think there's only a couple times where i haven't shown up on a sunday uh on a sunday episode but yeah it's it's yeah because you guys think about have the longest run in destiny podcast right now right really i think so um I would say, (laughs) if if not, you know, because I mean, if you're counting all the ones back when Briar was there and and Tefty and and you know Holtzman, like that's yeah, guys got to have the long. It was Guardian Radio before, yeah, until you know they they stopped and you know that's we. It's funny we came in like a month after Guardian Radio stopped. We started. We started when uh, Bungie split with Activision. We went live mm-hmm. that night with our, like, well, we recorded one. We recorded our podcast, and we were still using Skype and everything yeah. at the time. But we oh, did I, a little, I did like, not know what I was doing. I had no idea. We, we did, like, a 45-minute little pilot episode, basically, saying the Bungie and Activision split. We talked about 45 minutes about that, and that was episode zero. And then we kind of yeah. just launched Shortest our podcast. episode will ever have. <laughs> it's never gonna happen yeah it's never gonna be shorter than that <laughs> yeah exactly i don't know yeah it's that's weird to think about because guardian radio was like one of the shows that i actually looked up to um when when yeah. i before i started making content before i really started playing destiny as like a as a creative outlet instead of just an escape um man like Guardian Radio was the one that I looked up to. I I loved listening to those guys, and I would listen to it on my car uh, into work every week. And yeah. when I was shelving books at the library, I was like watching Broman or listening to that show or listening to like Focus Fire Chat or something. Um, right? Do you guys remember Ghost Stories? Yeah, Destiny Ghost Stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I used to listen to that a lot too, and so I've. It's man, that's weird to think that we're the longest running show. I'll have to double check that. That thing. it's got to be close because, because it's, it's uh, IGN's yeah. fire team chat is at like two seventy seven or something. Okay, so they, may, yeah. they might be the longest so, running. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, you guys are pretty close, but I, I forgot because yeah, you guys started like they started the podcast right around the same time. I felt yeah. like you know. Pine I was gonna Destiny. say DCP has got to be up there, but like the, a lot of those guys were the Destiny. Like the original yeah. Planet Destiny folks. They're getting close to 200 now, I think. They're like 
uh, they're like 190 or something. I think I can't remember, but off the top of my head, but they're going later tonight. They'll, they'll be, they'll be going live in what a little over an hour probably. Mm -hmm. So. And crazy time, man. Good group. And that's what I love about the destiny community, because we have so many talented content creators in this community who support Bungie, who support the game and who support other guardians, just like yourself, you know, helping so many guardians get their bread and everything that you do for the community, whether it be through the podcast, through everything that you do behind the scenes, because most people don't see that. When you hear a podcast, you don't realize that it takes time to make it that. Oh, yeah. It takes effort. And it's it's cool that you stepped up and you're editing. And how many shows do you edit per week, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, for So I, I only... I'm, I'm kind of taking a break from side quests right now. So I'm only editing Planet Destiny at the moment. Um, but that's, I mean, that's that's an endeavor all in and of itself. I'm also on the production side. I, I've, whatever, whenever you look, when you're watching the Planet Destiny podcast, I've made a lot of that. Um, Twas, Twas did a, did a wonderful job on our rebrand shortly after moon took over for planet destiny. Um, and so I've, when it comes to the podcast, I've tried to make it look like his rebrand as much as possible. And, um, but to also fill fill and serve our function. And, um, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, so like, I'm not only on the editing side of it, but I'm also in the behind the scenes I'm in taking, I'm usually the one who's booking guests, in taking them, making sure that they know have everything that they need before we go live on Sunday, and also um, like uh, making sure all the all the cameras align and the backup background and everything like that. So it's it's more of a production job. It's I'm 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 more so a producer than an editor, I guess at this point. But here we are. Still an important role. Yeah. Yeah. And you're also a librarian. Uh, I, I, am a, I am a computer lab assistant. <laughs> but I work at libraries. I've worked at li- libraries primarily in my life. Okay. So you've worked with libraries for a good chunk of your life. And you've been mm-hmm. surrounded by a lot of books. Do you have okay. a favorite book that sticks out to you? I can give you three. Okay. Um. I'm going to give you uh, instructions by Neil Gaiman. It is a children's book about how to live a, a good long life. And, and, and there's like a little cat creature that's, that's just wonderful. Um, I'm going to give you a graphic novel called Private Eye. It is by uh, a writer named Brian K. Vaughn. And it is about, uh, it's a, a neo-noir thriller set in a um i'm gonna say that it's set in a future society where the cloud burst and everybody's information went public so everyone wears masks in order to uh live their day-to-day life without being found out and uh, i'm currently reading a book called the subtle art of not giving a fuck and it has been a godsend (laughs) 
in, in so many ways it is it is i i it's very wonderful i think i think a lot i think every creator should read it because it definitely has has changed some wiring in my head about how much i care about certain metrics or not especially when it comes to comment sections You know, it's so interesting that you mentioned that book because that's a book that I've been meaning to read for the longest time. Mm-hmm. But for one reason or another, it's a book that I just haven't gotten around to reading. But yeah. I do have it on my Kindle account, so I can probably access it and read it. Just just start. Have fun. It's a little bro-y at times. That's kind of a turnoff for me if something's like super like bro-y for whatever reason, like just get in there, bro. But, um, it's the information around it is substantive enough to, um, to be really good. I, like I, I really connect with it in, in that way. Yeah. And I think for me, if I had to pick three books, might be a little boring here, um, but I think the first one is written by Tim Ferriss, and it is called The Four-Hour Workweek. Mm-hmm. Classic book, really good book. Uh, the second book, I would probably have to say The Art of SEO, Search Engine Optimization, and that's what I do for my day job. And that is probably my favorite book on the subject, probably more useful than a college education, I would probably say. <laughs> so uh, I think that was pretty useful. And here I am. And the third book, uh, Superfans by Pat Flynn, who is also a really awesome, awesome uh, coach and educator. So he's, he's a really, really cool dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my three books. Shadow Price, do you, do you have any books that you really enjoy? Oof. Books. <laughs> um, man, it just I I have I have to read more books. Like that that's that's what this tells me. Like I haven't really I mean I read like articles, I feel like, you know, and things like that. I just I haven't had a chance to sit down and read a good book in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I guess I gotta throw it back to my childhood if I would had to say one of my favorite books is Where the Red Fern Grows. Um, mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite books to kill a mockingbird is another one. Um, and my third, uh, Hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a third, like those are the only two I can remember off the yeah. top of my head right now. I will say, so there was a book that, um, we re- we read for work. Um, the library that that I work at is very passionate uh, about equality. And um, this year we read a book called uh, Stamped Racism, Anti-Racism and You, uh, a remix of the National Book Award winning Stamped from the Beginning uh, by Ibram X. Kindi. Um, it is wonderful. I, mm. I highly recommend that to anybody who is interested in history. And um, especially if... Um, I came from like a a rural white neighborhood or community and was not taught 
a lot about um, the black experience in America. And that book was really wonderful and eye-opening. It's kind of, it's kind of tuned to um, the young, the young adult crowd. uh, But it is, is very wonderful. I liked it a lot. Check that out. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So on a lighter note, Dan, what are some games that you're really excited about playing this year? And you can't say Beyond Light because that's kind of obvious, but what Fair. else are you excited to play? <laughs> uh, man. Keep thinking, like, uh, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk is a big one. I want to play more Among Us. Uh, <laughs> Nate Fu in chat says Temtem. Tim Tim's pretty fun. <laughs> I don't oh, know. That's, that's the Pokemon clone, right? Yeah, it, it was produced by Humble Bundle. Um, it's mm-hmm. but it's fairly good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like this year hasn't been a big year for me watching games outside of like they announced like the Tony Hawk Pro Skater remix. I heard those were really like, good. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> it's like the nostalgia factor is through the roof. That's VV. And VV worked yeah. on um, you know, like Destiny. Yeah. They worked on um Spire Stars Raid and uh Warmind DLC. And they they did such a good job with this remaster. Like they did such a good job. If if there's anybody listening from Vicarious Visions here today, bravo because you nailed it. You knocked it out of the park. Um, it is a very humbling game because <laughs> I remember I remember initially playing it like on uh, on PlayStation and uh, like the first couple and feeling like I was rocking the joint, but in reality, it probably was more of the taste that I'm feeling now, where it just feels like, man, I'm getting smacked around <laughs> and not are able they, to do as many tricks as I want to be able to yeah, want to do. Why is this? Are they harder to pull off now? Some of the tricks. No, and I mean, so, I mean, they've kept some things in like manuals and reverts and all sorts of stuff from like the, the games that were released afterward. But man, I just, am not, maybe it's my old man fingers. I'm going to be 34 next week and maybe it's my old man thumbs, but I'm not able to, to like thread a line the way that I used to. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's I'm getting smacked around. I'm getting smacked in the mouth and told, Hey, you can only do one 720 here. Not two, not three, one. So <laughs> that's what I'm living with. Now, can you use Tony Hawk in the game? You can. That's cool. You can create a character. There are a bunch of different, like they've done a great job overall. Um, the skaters from the original games are back in there, right? And they're not reskins. They're like completely built from the ground up. They're not the the version of themselves when they were in their 20s. They're the versions from today, which is really kind of cool um, and, and shows that passage of time with that game. But they've also included several new skaters as well. I haven't gotten the chance to really play around with them. Um, I can't remember her name, but it, she's one of the new skaters, and I heard that she is excellent to play with, just a really good all-arounder, uh, and, and she's more park skate style than street or vert so yeah nice. that really tony hawk is was the game that i was looking forward to and then i found myself in fall guys 
and Tim Tim and all of this other stuff. And the next one that I'm looking forward to is, is cyberpunk. Yeah. Cyberpunk is going to be huge. Game's going to be I hope cyberpunk. Oh man, I can't wait. And you know what? I have a collector's edition pre-ordered for cyberpunk and I'm torn because it's like, I have the game ordered on PC and I'm spending all this money on this graphics card and well, hopefully and <laughs> PlayStation and, and good God, I don't want to think about it. I just want to cry. Can I cry? Yeah. Can I yeah. cry? On, I mean, it's on your show. You can do what you want. Can, it's my show. You can cry if I you want. I can cry if I want to. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough couple months. I tell you. Here's the real question. Is it, actually going to come out on november 19th or is it going to get pushed again yeah do you think it's going to yeah you know i think they're going to have it ready i think they're going to have it because here's why i think that they're trying to capitalize on the holiday release time and i'm pretty sure they put in a lot of time and effort into building out the game building out the assets testing so I think they're going to be ready. I think they had enough time. I mean, they, they were supposed to originally release the game when February or something like that. Uh, it yeah. was originally April. Like March or, or yeah, it was like March or April or something. It was, it and was originally April. It. Then they pushed, then they went to September and then they had delayed again to November. Yeah. It would, it wouldn't surprise. Yeah. It honestly wouldn't surprise me if it actually came out when they intended in November because Nate lines, Nate does say it lines up pretty nicely with the new console releases. Yeah. And they're going to want to capitalize on that because think about this first party games are not looking to be that exciting with these consoles because I mean, real life situations, right? We have COVID. So these companies are not able to, come out with all of these games halo got pushed back and halo was supposed to pretty much sell consoles right mm -hmm. it's a pretty big game for them to not have release on the day that the consoles are out and we already know what sony is going to be releasing with their playstation lineup so i think it's really interesting and i think that Cyberpunk has a really huge opportunity there because there aren't that many first party games that are going to be that interesting where, you know, they're going to be able to capture a lot of sales from this. From uh, Cyberpunk? Yeah, for Cyberpunk, yeah. And I think yeah. there's another game that we did not mention and it's coming out tomorrow. And oh, the all-stars collection the super mario 3d all-stars collection and <laughs> i'm i'm excited that's, about that I'm, that's only I'm gonna ready. be around for like six months right that's what they're saying but i've got to think that they're gonna do separate releases on the eShop, right like the, the, oh the, that would make them the most money <laughs> this collection is only gonna be sold for all three games together for a period of six months mm -hmm. you know a limited run. It was to celebrate the 35th birthday of Mario, and that's why they're doing it. They're not doing it for the money. They're doing it just to celebrate. They're doing it for the Mario. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it for Mario. I do it let's, all for the Mario. Yeah. 
It's all for Mario. So I'm getting my copy tomorrow, so I'm really excited about that. This weekend, I'm going to dive in. And it's really cool for me because some of those games I haven't really played, like uh, Super Mario Sunshine. I haven't played that game, and I hear so Very many good things about that game. game. Very underrated. Like, the level design in that game is awesome. Like, the flood mechanic can get a little... What It, it was very, you know cumbersome on the gamecube because of the controls they weren't you know they weren't the greatest but i love the level design in that game yeah no i agree and i it's funny i've never played with galaxy one and i've only played like the first couple levels in mario 64 so this is gonna be like a new release for me like be able to play it on the switch is pretty awesome that's yeah, right. going to be exciting being able to play it in portable mode and being able to play it on the big screen with your P with your uh, pro controller. Oh man, that's going to be exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's going to be cool. And shadow price. Do you have any games that you're kind of excited to play that's coming out? Uh, this fall, this let's see. What else is coming out from... I mean, it's funny. I, I'm actually interested in that Hyrule Warriors uh, Age of Calamity game because it's a prequel to Breath of the Wild. And you get to... Like, there's going to be story in it. You're going to find out what happened, you know, to the champions. And there's going to be, like, big battles. And I, I know the whole Musu thing, you know, it can be a little... You know, it's, it's, it's Dynasty Warriors, but, you know... But it's going to be in the Breath of the Wild engine, so that's pretty cool. And that's mm -hmm. going to get us, like, ready for Breath of the Wild 2 next year. You know, um, what? but as far as anything else, this, you know, fall, yeah, Cyberpunk, same. Uh, I, can't, I can't think of anything else that's being released, you know, this year. I've got to catch up on my black backlog still. Like, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at, the, like, the list here that's coming out later this year. And it's like, so we have Hellblade 2 around holiday 2020 is it gonna um, is it coming out this holiday it's that's that's what this site says uh tech radar says according mm. uh godfall is supposedly coming out we got godfall um, holiday 2020 outriders is coming out holiday 2020 which that's a game that i'm i'm interested in but not enough to be like i'm definitely going to get it and, and try it uh, I've been burned a few times <laughs> by like Anthem <laughs> specifically. Uh, oh, geez. Yeah. Do that. They haven't said a word about Anthem too. They said they were going to fix that game and we haven't heard anything from that. I was, <laughs> those guys. I was an early adopter. I, so I, I have been kind of paying attention to Anthem and it looks like they handed it off to the Austin studio, which took care of like um, Star Wars, the old Republic um, back in the day. So that it, I, I, it has a good pedigree behind it, but then again, so did Anthem at launch. It had a good pedigree behind it. So I, I'm in wait and see mode. I'm going to try to play it. My biggest frustration with the game was when I was trying to play it at launch and it was rubber banding me around like nobody's business. 
like you'd you'd launch from a cliff, you'd get like maybe like 10, 15 minutes away, and then you'd get sucked back <laughs> to the to that same cliff. I did that probably five times oh, and was like, all right, I'm done with this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh it was tough. I I, I don't know. I I, I want to trust new games. I really do. But I I've been burned too many times, man. Yeah. And these games are getting more expensive, and we're gonna talk about this in just a little bit. But there's there's a lot that's happening in the world of video games, and I feel like it almost hit us pretty much all at once, right? It all happened within a span of like a week and a half when we have Xbox with their announcement, and then Sony comes out of nowhere with releasing the console like a day early. That was a bit of a shit show. Oh, speaking of which, if anybody's oh. listening right now, pre-orders are going to go up on Walmart at 9 p.m. Eastern. So you want to be ready. If you want to, if you missed out on the PS5, you can try to get a pre-order in tonight. And I will tell you what, for anyone who's here in live chat and you're looking to get your PS5, I'm not buying you a PS5 and I'm not doing a raffle. So don't get too excited. But what <laughs> I will do is I will post a link as soon as I see it come up, I'm going to post it in chat. And if you're looking to get that bread, you'll be able to pick it up. Assuming you're in the States. And if you're in a different country, then I apologize. I can't help. Man, are you going to make me? <sighs> Let me All put right. it this way, Dan. I'm, uh, I'm on, I'm on Walmart's tough. site. I'm on Walmart's site. Thanks, Shadow Price. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> yeah, nine, at 9 p.m. Eastern, like they're gonna they're gonna launch pre-orders again. Oh, Shadow Price, you're like a natural-born car salesman. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> it might be in my future. Maybe <laughs> hope for the future. <laughs> oh, I love it. Good, good times. So, Dan, moving on, we have a interesting question for you. If you were stranded on an island by yourself and you can only bring one album with you to listen to, what album would it be and why would you bring it? Oh, you're going to make me do this. Okay. Um, I am going to say Idol's Joy as an act of resistance. Um, It is. So Idol's are a band from the UK. They're kind of they're kind of political punk, but at this, like they have a real, real excellent fun and whimsy to them, uh, that you don't find in a, in a lot of bands anymore, especially in the punk genre. A lot of, a lot of punks take themselves way too seriously. (laughs) And so, uh, this band, I, I got to see them live last year. Jenny purchased tickets for me to go see them with her, uh, up in Chicago at Lincoln hall. Um, when they're like a little bit before their album released and uh they're just a really fun band uh they have one of their songs is called television and uh it's later in the there's only like one or two songs on the album that i would that i would take off by the way uh which is a huge seller for like an island disc kind of thing um but they have a song called television where it's, if someone talked to you the way you do to you, I'd put their teeth through love yourself. (laughs) And 
uh, I don't know why, but that that's words to, to live by right there. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it, it speaks to me and it's real fun to yell at the top of your lungs, whether you're on a desert Island or in a room filled with like 500 people that are all crowd surfing up to the stage. It doesn't matter what the venue is. It's still true. And it still, still feels good to sing. <laughs> nice. Good stuff. Yeah. What about you guys? What are your de- desert island discs? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring Tool, a okay. Tool album, and it's probably gonna be Anima, and probably okay. probably Undertow too. I gotta have both those because Tool is my favorite band, and I just their their music is just so I connect so much with it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. when I when I hear them, it's just like. My mind just go, I, I'm put at ease. I'm content. Even though the music and the, you know, the lyrics are very, you know, they're very, uh, they can be controversial, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it describes how society is, you know, their, their music has a lot of symbolism in it. And yeah, uh, I'll probably go with Lateralis too. Like if I'm going to take three, I'm going to take all tool. Yeah. I'm going to take, uh, I'm <laughs> going to take undertow. Anima, Lateralis. Yep. The, trilogy. Gonna... <laughs> the, the whole, the holy, the holy trilogy right there. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but I bought a, uh, a diesel amp. I'm looking right back at it right now. I, Sweet. Bought, the, I bought the VH2 last November after I went and saw tool in um, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And, I was just, I was so, I, I was just so, uh, I don't know, impressed by what inspired. I saw. Inspired. inspired. I was so inspired by what I saw <laughs> that I just, I made a purchase later that week and I bought that VH2 off of Musician's Friend. Yeah. You know, and he got, like, oh, he also got a second mortgage on the house that week too. <laughs> I, did, I did end up refinancing my mortgage, but, oh, that's you know, good news. I got the amp paid off. I paid the amp off. It's it's mine now, and after about a year, but finally, and I I love it. Like it's great. It it's taken my playing to the next level. It's taken my sound to the next level. Yeah, too, too. you know. And I wasn't I was okay with my sound before, but then mm-hmm. when I got this amp, like man, this just this amp sounds like Tool when you play yeah. it. Like it's just like I put it on the channel two. I crank the gain about to about one o'clock and boom, man, I'm in tool land. Yeah. So, so I, when I was playing shows and everything, I was really into tube amps because of like the warmth that you feel out of them. Yeah. It's a tube and, amp. A VH2. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. My, my buddy had a Marshall. I, it was just like a little Marshall touring rig that you mm-hmm. can bring around. Um, man, that thing sounded so sweet through. Oh yeah, man. yeah, man. I miss being in bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just, I play with my. Uh, it's just me. I, I taught my my daughter actually is a our bass player. Awesome. Um, you know, taught her how to play bass, and she's playing right along with us now. And it's it's really cool, like watching her grow and watching her just like learn so much and learn so fast too it's like man, mm-hmm. how'd you learn that so fast it took me years to learn the things you're learning like in like span of a few practices the sponge man the sponge is fresh 
Yeah, and, and plus quick. she plays violin, so she already had like the oh. leg up. So. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. she's a prodigy. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So like it was, it almost seemed like like she was like a shoe win, you know? Yeah. So see, I still put chords together like it like it's magic or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was destiny. There you go. What about you, Corn? <laughs> what's your three? Or um, what's your uh, mu- music? Yeah. Well, okay, so I'm going to be a bit boring here because for me, the music in Destiny has been really, really awesome. <laughs> I think you, like, check it out. If you, okay. if you look at like what I listen to throughout the day as I'm working, as I'm whatever, what I listen to the most is just Destiny music. And I, I can listen to it on replay. And the original Destiny album is definitely one that I would bring with me for sure because okay. i think the original destiny album had probably the best music that we had thus far uh also music of the spheres i got to bring that too that that's pretty epic and legendary and some would say exotic too some say exotic yeah I don't know because oh, I really God. like I really like Tool <laughs> and I really like Lateralis. I think that's a really awesome. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got two for Lateralis. Cop <laughs> out, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna say Lateralis and Destiny music. Just a shit ton of Destiny music, and I'll be happy for life. Did you guys um, know that the song Lateralis is about the Fibonacci sequence too? Yes, that's such a cool freaking thing, and that's why I love that album, and that's part of the reason why. I chose that out actually. Okay, I'm gonna there's a I'm lot of meaning another... behind every song and like the way that everything is just structured with the um what do you call it? The time signatures. Yeah, they're time signatures. Yeah, they're wild. And the fact that it does follow the Fibonacci, you know, it's just like the syllables, it's like the it's it's crazy. Like it's like how did they they had to know that they were doing that, right? Like <laughs> it's like it just doesn't happen. But anyway, it's incredible. It's just I, I've you know I have so much, so much respect for those guys, and but their talent is just so amazing. You guys are making me pick two more albums. I'm already like <laughs> fl- I'm already flipping through and being like, All okay, right, let's hear them. Okay, mm-hmm. I th- I think Iggy Pop's uh, "Lust for Life," uh, where he's grinning like an idiot on the cover. Mm-hmm. Is probably is probably the next one that I'd take on the island. And if we're talking about like, oh man, like one more album, it'd probably have to be like uh, Ludicrous, <laughs> Chicken and Legs. You remember that album way back in the day? Yeah. That was like in the early 2000s, right? Yeah, man. That's when I was in grade school and that's when I heard it. And so that's who we are now. Or no, it's going to be word of mouth. It's not going to be chicken and legs (laughs) or chicken and beer. It's going to be word of mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Got to get some funk in there, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
now you're making me want to maybe add another <laughs> album. I've I don't know. Nope. This is really tough. It was no longer about video games. This vi- this is about desert island jams. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna add Ti Paper Trail. Gotta have some hip hop. Gotta have some hip hop, right? There you go. I'm gonna let's see. I'm thinking <laughs> maybe no, like Price is gonna do it. R- R- Rush 2112. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair. <laughs> This is who we are now. This yeah. is where we are. It's what we do. And no fair warning. At some point during this podcast, very sporadically, I may just like switch gears and start. There you go. Pink Floyd. Attempting to buy a <laughs> graphics card. Hey, Fu's got it. Pink, I was thinking Pink Floyd too. Yeah, Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, Dark one. Side of the Moon. Yeah, that's a really good one. Wow. <laughs> Man. Yeah. And that now goes along with the Wizard really of Oz. Rethink my decisions because I, you know, it's really tough. Like I said, you guys make like I miss playing in bands now. You guys brought this on. Yeah, it's that's you know, it's really fun. You get done watching somebody, you're like so jazzed, and you're like, man, I really want to play right now. You yeah. just you feel so inspired after you like watching like a live act. So we're we're gonna flip flop just a little bit. Because we're okay. going to quickly talk about something that we're going to talk about later on, but we're still going to do it. Dan, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, or PC, and why? Um, right now, PC because frames. Um, <laughs> frames are like, important. I, my, my friend list is on PlayStation, though. Like, that's, I don't know. It's tough. Do you pick friends or frames? In this moment, I'm picking frames. <laughs> especially, especially because like I'm now looking at looking down the barrel of like, am I going to get a gonna get PlayStation or am I going to get that card? I'm going to get that card. That's what I'm going to get. I'm going to get I'm going to get 3070 and go from there. Yeah, I think me and Shadow Price are kind of shooting for the stars because we're like, we're trying to get a 1080, 1080, uh-huh. uh, 3080. <laughs> I'm a little behind with my times. Excuse me. Don't get a 1080, please. If you're looking to get a graphics card, that is not a good investment right now. Yeah, that's what I have. It's not a good investment. <laughs> do not do that. Well, right now, if you were to buy a graphics card right now, I would probably say don't get a 1080, especially with what we know that's coming out. If you can even get it, and we'll we'll talk more. I have a rant. We're not going to do it now to spare the pain. <laughs> but um, okay. So so PC for you. For in this moment, as we speak right now, who I am at in this time? Yes, PC right now. PC guy. Okay, PC master race. Okay, shadow no, price. No. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that man. response. I gotta pick one. <laughs> I mean, if I were to, uh, if How I could did just I know pick, you were gonna respond that way. That's so. I funny. mean, if I were gonna pick two, I'd probably pick Nintendo and PC because, like, Nintendo was like my first love. Like, yeah. I'm I'm a Nintendo fan, like, for life. Like, something about Nintendo just they have that magic. I don't know what it is. You know, it's it's crazy. Like, just. Games like Metroid, you know, things like that, like being 
secluded in an environment, you know, that you're just by yourself and you're taking on aliens and, you know, you kind of say that they influence other games and things like that. Um, you know, obviously Mario and Zelda are really cool too. Uh, but yeah, the PC, like once you play a game, like, you know, if you take destiny Two, you take it, you play it on console, you know, and it's like, Oh, you know what? It's just slow. And then when you play it on PC, it's like a whole new game. Yeah. You know, the frames are just, Oh my God. There's it's, it's so nice. It's so nice. Not having to fight with your weapons. <laughs> And, and, and here's the thing. I, I don't mean to come across as disrespectful to Xbox or PlayStation. Oh, that's how it came to off. Me playing, <laughs> to, to me, playing Destiny 2 on consoles, it feels broken. It feels like there's something wrong. And it's almost like you're doing the developers. It just really feels like you're running through like a mud or quicksand or something, yeah. too. You, you just feel so... I don't know, uh, restraint, restraint. I've been spoiled. I've been spoiled with frames and Mm -hmm. a powerful graphics card and destiny too. And I never look back. So this leads to a question that was raised in my chat earlier tonight. So we know that destiny two is coming to, um, it's coming to next gen consoles. What version of destiny two do we get? Do we get an uprezzed version? What are your thoughts on this? Yes, um, because I mean, at this point for me, it's like I can play it on Xbox because I have Game Pass, right? So I don't even right. need to buy the game to be able to play it on there. So if I have any friends, I can play it on there. If I want to go and play it on PlayStation, I mean, it's not a really big purchase to make to be able to do that. So I'll be able to do that. And I might be curious to see how it runs on PS5 when I get my PS5. So I may have to double dip. PC is always going to be the best place to play game. Sorry, Xbox. You're not the best place to play. It's PC. With a 3080 or a 3090, that's the best way you can play the game. So that's going to be my ultimate experience, you know. Um, But still as a couch experience that I can just hang out in my living room, it would be really cool to be able to play destiny. And we're not that far away from like actual cross play. So let's not forget about that because next year that barrier is going to be broken when destiny becomes available for gameplay across different platforms. Right. Cause Bungie's already confirmed on the series X and PS five, it's going to run in 60 frames. Right on uh on the new on the new uh, definitely on series x like they they've already confirmed that but i i believe they said the same thing for ps5 okay too. i just so, i just yeah we were from perspective we were i've been playing today. the game in 140 frames and i'll be able to play it in 200 frames but, with new but i will still play in, in 60 frames if it if they the, the game is going to be in 60 frames that's still way better than 30 and i right. will actually be able to play the game without being sick <laughs> yeah and it'll be 4k 60 so it's gonna be you know just a little bit better right and i don't i don't even think i've seen 4k 60 yet you know so it's like that that'll that'll be pretty cool once that once they that happens i mean it's no coincidence that the series x is coming out on the day beyond light releases too November 10th. 
Right. You know what I'm curious about? I'm curious about ray tracing because I hear a lot about it as a technology, but I never actually got a chance to experience it. So I'm curious how it will impact the Destiny world going into the next generation. I mean, is there ray tracing already in Destiny 2 if you have a 20, you know, 20 series graphics card now going into the 30 series? Like, have they... That I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, but I would, you know, I, I would like to see that. My hunch is no, because I'm pretty sure that was not on their list of top priorities, especially with, you know, everything that they're doing on their own. So I don't think so, but I could be wrong. We got to think that's that was part of what the technical update was, though, why they have to, you know, take out the dungeon probably for next season uh, because they probably have to update it. Like, because everything else, because because that's in the game right now and everything else that, you know, obviously there'll be some things in the game, you know, that they have to update for ray tracing that's currently in the game too. That, I mean, parts of the EDZ and things like that, if, if they are doing it. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see though. You know, if it, Definitely. so. So Dan, on that yes. note, what is what's next for you uh next steps uh starting a youtube channel <laughs> that's that's the okay. big one um well Love that's it. one of the big ones uh so i am currently also uh trying to plan a charity event uh under the name feeding frenzy for a uh there's the, so at the beginning of the year i decided that um my community would be better served helping to raise money for a uh a food rescue charity based out of Indianapolis, Indiana called Second Helpings. Um that has proved to be uh quite wonderful because they've needed it more now than ever. Uh I think they've they have helped serve um Central Indiana they've helped serve I think over a million meals in Central Indiana since the beginning of coronavirus started. And so the idea is I'm 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 trying to get together some uh, some folks here uh, starting in November that um, I'd like to do a charity marathon for them, uh, essentially. And uh, with the goal of being a $5,000, because that uh, $5,000, they do they not only serve meals and rescue food from from grocery stores and restaurants and everything, but they also train um they train the unemployed and underemployed in how to work in a professional kitchen so they teach life skills to uh to individuals who are just looking to better themselves and so $5000 covers a full class uh for i think it's I, I, it's like 7 or 8 weeks to go through that training that's really awesome good that's cause really cool. yeah, yeah and and let us know if we can maybe take part and help support the cause because that sounds like a really awesome opportunity and it's something that i've been wanting to kind of do a little bit more of absolutely yeah um, it sounds like a really great opportunity the idea the idea is like getting getting folks together especially from around central indiana um to kind of push it um so like there's i'll i'll have several different like waves of invites here um going out but the destiny community is very giving 
uh, of their time, energy, and money. And um, I feel like it's it's a cause that that deserves some recognition um, on 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 our stage. Uh, using my platform in order to help push that uh, on Twitch is is something that I that means a lot to me. I used to so every year they used to run a show um, called Tonic Ball, which would raise money for Second Helpings, and uh, it was my favorite fifteen minutes on stage. You'd get to cover an artist uh, that was pre-selected for the stage or whatever, um, and you'd get to pl- you'd get to cover their songs for fifteen minutes. Then you'd unplug all your instruments, run, and the next band would be on immediately afterward. There was very little time in between. It was a, uh, it was just a beautiful event. So I got introduced to it that way and, um, trying to continue advocacy through, through my, my streaming time as well. Very cool. That's awesome. That sounds like a really, really great cause. Yeah. And definitely do keep us up to date on how that all goes. And we're excited to learn more. So on that note, I did talk about the flip-flop, and you'll understand now what I mean, because we have some really important business to talk about, because this week has been absolutely insane with gaming releases and announcements and pre-orders and all this craziness. And now last week, we got the announcement for the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S. And those are both coming out on November 12th for $299 and $499 respectively. But this week and just yesterday, we got a pretty big announcement from Sony. And the PlayStation essentially had a reveal and it followed by a pretty massive pre-order craziness that wasn't exactly expected and i know shadow price has some thoughts on this but first before we give our thoughts on the whole pre-order fiasco i'd like to talk about the playstation event and what we saw and what we think of the games that were shown off and i know shadow price you're a pretty big final fantasy fan so I'm curious, what did you think of the Final Fantasy game that we saw at the beginning of this Sony PlayStation event? Uh, something seemed off about it. I don't know. I mean, it looked kind of like it's already, it looks like current gen. Like, so I didn't see anything that made that look next gen to me. You know, uh, it's very, it looks like medieval setting. It's like more of a medieval setting than more of a, you know, future setting or uh you know present setting and it looks kind of more you know violent they they showed actual blood in the trailer and final fantasy is not really known for that i mean there's made a few games like type zero hd that had uh that showed blood in it for final fantasy so i mean it's it's just the first look at it i'm sure the game is like i don't know did they say there was no release date I don't think so it's probably not coming out for at least two more years um so my first initial impression of it was not i was not impressed but i'm hoping you know that it's gonna you know show better next time i feel like 
that's my first impression of it though interesting yeah now dan are you a final fantasy fan so i've been known to 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 circle around around the well of uh final fantasy from time to time i i've liked the remake uh what i've played of the remake uh of final fantasy 7 earlier this year yeah it's 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 more kinetic i really liked it um when i first started streaming what before i had a set schedule i started streaming final fantasy 15 uh which is a uh like I, I I like the road trip aspect of that of that game. It was a, it felt a little bit more free, but it didn't really feel like a Final Fantasy to me. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I played Final Fantasy eight and uh, ten, respectively, um, back way back in the day. So I I like I like the franchise. I like the diversity. I like the anthology aspect of it. Uh, more so than I like the um, sequels that they've they've issued in in certain regards, um, but uh, yeah, this this game looked looked fairly neat. Like it's it seems like something that I'd check out. Yeah, I mean, I I it'll grow on me. I think you know next time mm-hmm. it shows, I think you know they'll be able to hopefully do more work to it, and I'm sure like they'll be able to show more. In, in a trailer and hopefully we'll get some gameplay of it too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We know besides Final Fantasy, we also saw a different style of games and that was Resident Evil. And that was a pretty big reveal. And yeah, Resident Evil Village. Resident Evil fan. Yeah. Yeah, that's number eight or that they're saying it's not eight they're saying it's village but it's eight right i mean there's eight in the name in village they showed they showed eight in in roman numerals so i'm pretty sure that shows us that it's resident evil eight which is kind of exciting for me because i'm a fan of the series i actually really enjoyed resident evil five i think six got a little bit weird and seven got even weirder but um, four was really excellent too. I two. Like I played the remake of two last year. Oh my god, that was that was my game of the year next to Fire Emblem Three Houses. So I keep hearing good things about that game. Yeah, it it, it was an awesome remake. Like just you know what they added did not take away from it in any way. It, it actually added to it. I felt like and it was just it was super fun to play. So yeah, I, I I'd be willing to. I'm I'm excited for this new Resident Evil game. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's first person, so it's going to be like Resident Evil Seven was. Um, so the scares are going to be there. I'm sure. What I'm going to say is Resident Evil Eight in VR. That that's all I'm saying. Just I'm sure it will be. Resident Evil Seven was fully playable in VR. Yeah, on the on PSVR, so, and I think eight will also be playable in VR, and it's going to be absolutely insane. Yeah, you will shit your pants probably. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here on the Destiny show. <laughs> That's the shadow price guarantee. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. So, Dan, what do you think? Are you going to be playing Resident Evil? 
probably not. It's it's not my particular not style of style. game. However, I hear like I hear really good things about that too remake. Yeah. Oh, I still have to play it. It's one of my games on the back burner that I have to play. So hopefully I can find some time to play it because I hear nothing but really good things. And then we also heard about Dark Souls coming out. There's a new Dark Souls game. Actually, it's yeah. a remake, believe it or not. Is it a remake, really? It's uh yeah, it's Demon Souls, actually. It's the very it's the first Souls game. They mm-hmm. they came out like in 2009 for PS3. And Bluepoint is the uh developer and they're they remade the game. Um so now by remake do we mean like Super Mario All-Stars remake or no 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 fully ground about? fully from the ground up remake. Okay. Like redone textures, you know, uh pretty much yeah, the whole game re- redone and remade. Think Tony Hawk. Think Tony Hawk more so than than anything else. Not just a resolution upgrade. It's it right. Tax it's a full remake. Yep. Okay. Fully remade. And and let's bring up the elephant in the room and that's the price. 69.99. Yeah, that What do we think? What do we think about that? And I know we talked about it a few episodes back, but it's real. We know it's happening. First party Sony PlayStation games are 69.99. That's a lot. You know, it's do you th- it, does, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it is, you know, you wouldn't think that $10 more, you know, because that's what we're used to. We're used to paying $59.99 for games, right? And when we've done it now for time. Yeah. When was the last time like prices raised on games? It's been like 20 years because I, re- I remember the Nintendo 64 and I remember some of those games were 70, 80 bucks on the 64 because of the cartridge because of being cartridge based. Mm-hmm. And even the Super Nintendo had games that were 70 bucks too. I remember buying Super uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo for $70 in like 1993. Mm-hmm. That was like $1993 too. <laughs> Imagine how much exactly, you know how much that is now? That's over 100 easily. Yeah. Like so if you like, take inflation. Yeah, if you take inflation in, like the price hasn't really been reflect like I feel like $70 is a fine price point um, at, at this at this point in time. But for um, a remake, though, of a game. I think for any game at this point, just for... I mean, it's a remake, but it is a full remake, right? It is, like, it is a full up. It is a full it, remake, yeah. If it were like... If it were just like an upscaled version of Legend of Dragoon... <laughs> like <laughs> just taking that pixel art and just blowing that way out so that it just it looks nasty and muddy um i'd have a problem with the 70 dollar price point but for a long time games have been like 50 60 dollars and that price hasn't gone up it's probably about time that they did uh in in order to enable the studios that are that are working with this kind of stuff to to have a little bit more like uh, just a little bit more financially to to play around with so i don't know but, yeah but and as i go ahead as, as i love your movies in chat 
was like, when was the last time you just bought the base game? Like he's pretty used to buying 70 to $80 games to get the expansions, which in some respect feels like the actual full game. So like in, in my mind, $70 isn't that large of a stretch. Um, and if you're not, if you don't want, to do that, there are games that are cheaper. It's just not going to be the same type of experience. And you know, Beyond Light's doing that too. I mean, it, it, there, yeah. it, to get the deluxe version of the game, it's seventy bucks, sixty nine ninety nine. So I mean, here's, price of the game. here's my here's my rebuttal because I I have a few school of thoughts here. Because on the one hand, yes, you're absolutely right. Prices on games haven't really gone up in the last like 20 years right however we have other monetization things that are happening within video games that we didn't have before that we have on a pretty massive scale like eververse right like that's a thing that exists within the game that continues the monetization right or the continued expansion model so that's another thing that we have we have, we have dlcs where you buy a season pass so you're paying $50 for that. So a $60 game now doesn't really turn into a $70, $80 game. It turns into $110, $120. And if you so, also add the skins to it. So, I mean, and yes, it also is more expensive to produce these games. And I think that, you know, based on the prices and inflation and how things go up, video games should go up. Like, that's just the natural progression for these companies to be able to sustainably produce these games on the scale and the quality that we expect right you know we're gonna have to pay more yeah they've got but here's but here's where my problem is make i i don't think that sony first party should be leading this change because historically let's take a look at sony first party titles first off they plummet in price faster than any other pr- title that's true right that's that's yeah. that's true so based on that they're shooting themselves in the foot by doing that and being the first ones to do it because i think eventually they should do that right but i don't know if now is the time to do it because the new consoles are still in their infancy they're still figuring it out the quality of the games won't really utilize the maximum potential of this hardware and with everything happening with COVID, I don't know if right now is the right time to raise the prices. I think if they waited a year for the titles that were coming out next year, for the big titles that are really going to be exciting, I think that's when they should have done it. That's that's where my issue kind of comes in. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like if they, if they went into the generation with a $60 price point and then somewhere along the line jacked it up 10 bucks you'd you'd have a lot more outcry than at the beginning of a generation when you're setting an expectation like this well here here's the big controversy the thing was is this wasn't communicated like at any point before this event or anything it was it was kind of like you know how people like to get the bad news out of the way first and then you have like a stellar event basically well sony did it backwards they had a really good event and then the bad news came like, oh, well, we're going to be charging 70 bucks. Oh, these games are actually not going to be console. They're not going to be exclusive to the PS5. They're actually going to come to the PS4 too. You know, so all that talk about, you know, 
Sony saying they believe in generations and things like that. And that, you know, it shouldn't be held back. Games shouldn't be held back by their, the prior hardware and things like that was a bunch of bullshit. Basically Jim Ryan fed Sony fans and, you know, people just, you know, across the industry, a bunch of bullshit, you know, did not communicate that things had to like come out on Twitter and everything after the event, you know, and, and then the, the fiasco with the pre-orders as well. Well, so was that Sony's fault or was that retailers fault? Do you feel? I, I think it was a, well, for the pre-orders, um, yeah. I think it was both. Of their, it was both. I think what happened was I think because Australia is ahead of us in time, like mm-hmm. it was already the 17th in Australia. So the first thing there, I believe the first site that went up was Amazon Australia. And then they were selling them. And then right after that, Walmart followed suit. And then all everybody started following the line because they wanted to also get in on, in on the action. They wanted that, that, that mind share as well, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's, it, it's hard to say whose fault it was, you know, like did Sony give them the green light? I don't know. What was all that talk? What was basically Sony was sending out these emails to people to gauge interest and, you know, to, in the PS five, like, because they wanted to try to, it sounded like they were going to do it a different way. Like they were going to control it and to buy it from them, you know, because I guess, you know, maybe the scarcity of the consoles Mm -hmm. possibly at first, you know, just due to a lot of circumstances, you know, they're having problems with the chips, even the yields on the chips. Like they're not, they're having 50% like of the chips are not up to snuff of what, you know, a performing chip should be of what they tested that, that GPU to run at, like they overclocked that GPU to 2.2 gigahertz. Like, I feel like that that some of those games are going to suffer. Like, I feel like they're running that GPU way high and it's going to bottleneck the CPU. Like, there's no way that CPU is going to be able to keep up with that GPU if they're like, and that system is going to run hot. I know I'm getting into the tech, like, talk of it at all. But it, mm-hmm. it just seems like there was a lot of, like, mishandled things after you know like it's like everybody had to find this out afterwards and it's like wow and a lot of people are saying like wow sony lied sony lied about you know this this information they were not forthcoming with it you know so for me i think they could have communicated things better for sure i don't think this event was perfect far from it you know i i appreciate the effort that they put forth and i think that for a sony event they did a pretty good job right i mean let's compare this to the playstation 4 pro event that took place in comparison just just hear me out just hear me out i think after event it was all after the event I, i think there were some communication things that they could have done better but I do think that you're giving them a little too much heat. For, no, they deserve it. You know. They deserve it. They deserve it because okay. they did not communicate this stuff. Microsoft was very transparent with, you know, everything along the way. The only thing that they, you know, they were, these guys are playing chicken with each other the whole time. It's like, when, when have we, 
when have we got a console launch two months before like they came out besides nintendo switch but you know it's like nintendo does things differently you know people were already interested in that switch because those wii u was such a failure they wanted to get on to the next console because wii u did so bad you know nintendo basically killed the wii u you know because that's like you know they it just underperformed in so many ways you know and now look at the switch it's killing it but the thing is is like you know i feel like sony was very arrogant you know it's like the they they did not gauge the people. They 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 thought people were probably you know that like these people will buy anything. You know it's like whatever we tell them they'll buy it. You know if we tell them you know that if they think that the console is going to be backwards compatible with PS one PS two PS three, you know it's like let 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 them talk about that. You know it's like it's like these and these Sony fanboys would go and just like on their little like tirades and go into people's streams and be really belligerent and saying like oh you know look at microsoft they're not they're not having console exclusives they're they're gonna have like halo infinite and these games running on xbox one you know the vcr model and it's gonna hold back you know the series x but then look at look at what sony does you know it's like it was not communicated that miles morales would be you know go into the ps4 it was they yeah, everybody was problem? under every no it is a problem because why why is it a problem More people get a chance to play the game why is that a problem because you're setting fault you're you're setting a false narrative and you're basically saying that you know it's okay to not be you know transparent it's okay to mislead people miscommunicated you know, something so you know i, I don't think that so yeah i am giving them a hard time people. because are, i think really. i think the people who buy their products and things like that deserve better than that i think i think they do and i'm sorry i am giving them a hard time because we're in a we're in a damn you know freaking pandemic and people have had a hard enough time this year as, as it is and if you're not honest with people and you mislead people what's that say about your character they're they're giving us a three ninety nine next gen console. Uh, I think they're being pretty. But if you mislead gamers. people and you're not honest with them, what's that say about your character? I don't think they mean to mislead. I think that there's a communication barrier because they are a Japanese company. So there are things that they have. But it's not a Japanese of. person running the company. It's Jim Ryan. He's not Japanese. Okay, but Jim Ryan is not the only person within the company. Right, Jim Ryan. Right, he's one, one of the person. high spokespersons, though. He is the one communicating to the to the to the player base and to the people who who play their games. You know, it's like I don't know. That that's that's my opinion, man. Every everybody else is entitled to their opinion, but I feel like they misled people and they lied to people. You know, sure. I mean, they spun a I false think, narrative. I think the response from the community. I think the response from the community is definitely driving your. Um, emotions here because it's we, not we just the response from the community it's my well, who, own it's my own thoughts it's my own thoughts it's how i see the situation it it's a fucked up situation like okay. it, it totally is the fact that they did not come they were not forthcoming with this that this all spilled out on twitter you know afterwards and you know it's like wow sony basically just like lied to everybody about this you know because it just it did it benefit them more you know was it something that they just you know i don't know i'm not sure 
I you think know, them bringing games to the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5 would constitute them lying. I, I don't have a problem with them doing that. Better. I don't have a problem with them actually, you know, supporting the PS4 and things like that. And that's how it should be. It's more, it's more, uh, you know, it's more pro consumer. Been better, right? It, that's the, the thing. Communications could have been better, and I agree with that. I don't think that there's a there's any you know disconnect there. They could have communicated things better, but it does not mean that they failed the gamers by making this content available for PlayStation Four. I don't think that constitutes that in any way. No, and but how anything can you believe a word that comes out of Jim, this man's mouth now, when you blatantly lied to your, you lied to your players, you lied to your fan base, basically. How can you trust this man now? That, that, you know, that, that's my take, man. You know, try to change my mind, but you're not. That's, that's, that's my take on this. And Dan, what do you think, Dan? <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's all video games, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I like. At the end of the day. I think I think it was just a, a clusterfuck. At the end, of, at the end of it, I think we we're the release was kind of flawed. The the. the I, I would wish that they had focused more on the details for the specs on, on the, uh, on the item over like the games that were going to be released. And uh, especially when it comes to UI, uh, cause everybody likes a, br a bright, shiny new dashboard. And uh, when it comes to the download speed for the console. So uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's like, um, as misleading as as maybe some other things uh in in gaming have been uh like uh, apple <laughs> in in regards to like allowing streaming systems to be on their on their platform however all of the all of the games for those systems then have to be reviewed and available for purchase on apple i like i, I there's there is a certain amount of bullshit. I don't think is the amount of bullshit that I don't think it's the highest amount of bullshit that we've seen in, uh, in the industry recently. Yeah. The last thing I'm going to say about the event itself is that I think that given the circumstance that we live in based on the world and everything that's happening, I think they did a pretty okay job. I don't think it was a great event. I think that they could have improved upon so many different areas. Like communicated like what they actually yeah. were, you know. They they could have communicated things that, better. Yeah, that the games were know? coming to PS4. If they would have said something in the actual event and things like that, you know, that's being a little bit, you know, more transparent. It's the fact that they took to all this time and they didn't communicate this before the event. This is supposed to be your big blowout. You know, this is the last thing before the pre-orders go live. You shouldn't be saying that shit after the freaking, you know, after the event. This should have been communicated beforehand. And that's the biggest problem I have with it. Yeah, I mean, I think they could have communicated better for sure. There's no denying that. I and you got to take them that. to task, man. You got to take them to task because then these companies will keep continuing to do this stuff. And they will keep continuing 
to, to manipulate because at the end of the day, they are a company. They want to make money. They want to make the most money off you as you can. They don't care about you as a person. I'm telling you this. They don't. They care about money. I hate to say it. It's a hard truth, but. We all live in, a con- in the same country and that country is capitalism. Exactly. I mean, you know, every business is out there and has to make money in order to exist. But I do think that there, there, you know, is an aspect of them caring about the fans. I'm sure they do good things for people out there. I haven't researched it to give you anything that I can claim as, you know, hard, you know, facts. But, uh, you know, I'm sure we're all trying our best, right? And they're trying to entertain people. They didn't come into this event with the mindset of let's piss people off, right? They came in with a mindset of let's show people some cool stuff that we've been working on. You gotta call and them out on their bullshit though. Because sure. they'll continue. Yeah, yeah there's a they'll time continue to call until out. they can keep but, and but manipulating. The you gotta gonna, take them to task. Listen, but just hear me out. If we're gonna call people out, let's look at NVIDIA and not really making these graphics cards really available. Exactly. Okay, they're not above it. They're not above it either. But if we're going to call call things out, I'm sorry, we shouldn't be calling out and making such a huge deal about a PlayStation being released seven hours early. Okay, yeah, it sucks that it's not just that. You're not seeing the big picture. I know we're agreeing to disagree here. You know, it's like that's. I'm not trying to change your mind. You're you're entitled to wait to think the way you are want to think about it and the way I want to think about it. I'm looking at this picture and I'm looking at how has there been any other console launch that has been so poorly communicated besides the Wii U and how it did as bad as it did. It's like they had all this time and they did not tell Xbox One Don Matrick. Yeah, I mean, well, that was you know, that was a trade wreck. That wasn't worse. That was not worse than this. I mean, yeah, that was on. bad. That was bad at the that event. Was really but that bad. Happened. Absolutely. The, the man had to quit his job because it was that bad. Like, so you're saying bad. that this wasn't that bad? You're you're saying that this wasn't almost as bad as that was at that I time? I wouldn't compare them. No, I, I think that there are things they could. You think have it's done okay to lie lie to your customers? I don't think it's like okay that? to lie, but I, I don't think that they did anything to the line of lying to the extent that you're making it out to be. That's all I'm saying. Because we see like, it differently. I have a different you're point right. of view. You're right. We both have a different mindset. You're more upset about the fact that the game is coming to PS4. And to me, no, it's like no, I'm not upset about that. that. What I'm upset about, it was not communicated. That's what I'm upset okay. about. It poor was not communicated. Very poor communication. you got to take that about something coming to another platform why is i told that you i am not upset about that you're not understanding me i'm not upset about it I, I i think it's great that it's coming to ps4 more people get to play it i'm i'm bothered that they did not communicate it beforehand and they had all that time to do so and they chose not to do it i, I guess i don't understand why that warrants such emotion where it's like okay it's coming to ps4 because i'm a passionate gamer and, I, and that's 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 who I am. You're not so, going to change me as a person. That's how I feel about the situation. So, so let's talk about let's talk yeah. about let's talk about Spider-Man because we have a game coming out on the PS5. Spider-Man, what is it called? Morales something. It's also coming on PS4. Remember, it was told after the event. 
So that's coming out. Now, Dan, are you a Star Wars fan or a Star Wars Spider-Man fan? Uh, I haven't had the pleasure of playing the the PS4 game that came out last year. Um, I've heard really great things about it. I'm kind of superheroed out. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I have it. I bought it last year. I have it. It's sealed along with my other collection of games that I haven't played. But um, I'm definitely going to have to go back and play it. And I'm excited to actually play the original one on my PS5. I I hope it gets up I think it will, right? I mean, they did say a handful of games will be upgraded, right, Shadow Price? Yeah, I mean, there there's a version that's going to sell with uh, Miles Morales. Uh, it's the sixty nine ninety nine version, and you'll that's get the a ultimate edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll get the um, the better enhanced version of the. So now, question: If I have the original one and I pop it in my PS Five, is it gonna? Who knows? Through? We didn't get that communication. They didn't tell us. <laughs> we <don't laughs> okay. Well, we don't know. We're gonna find out. And that's what I'm talking about. How do you not that's communicate okay. well, that before your big event? Again, we still don't know about. Right. We still don't know about the PS4 stuff, other than the fact that there's going to be this collection of ps4 plus games that are coming to the ps5 but are they going to be enhanced we don't know they didn't say anything (laughs) and there's one more game that i do want to quickly mention before we move on to the next thing and that is harry potter i mean there's a lot of harry potter fans out there and the game looked kind of cool it looked very dark very gritty very different in terms of the tone that you would expect from a harry potter game so i think that that looked pretty cool i mean the graphics and everything looked good like it looked like yeah. a it looked really nice running you know if that was running on the ps5 mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i'm not a huge harry potter fan but you know it it looks interesting yeah i i i grew up a little bit before Harry Potter, so I didn't catch all of that. And I mean, looks like a game. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, I think that that kind of brings me to the point of, you know, I think the event should have given us the type of games that we saw that literally blows your mind. And I think it didn't happen with this event. I think the games we saw were Eh, you know, kind of cool. Interesting. Is it something I would be excited to go and spend $70 on? I don't know. I don't think so. For me personally. And maybe it's just because, you know, I'm not a huge Demon Souls fan. I haven't really played the original. So for me, it's like, eh, it's cool. And eventually I'll pick it up because it's going to be one of those games on my backlog. But it's not a game I'm going to go and spend $70 on, right? The Spider-Man game looked kind of cool, but to me, it's like it's a $70 game that you're charging 50 for. So I'm kind of wary. Is it going to feel like a really complete game or is it going to feel like. It's going to feel like an, an expansion, expensive expansion, you know? Yeah, it's it's going to be a standalone, like maybe eight hour game. It's not a full it's not a full game. 
But, I mean, I think it's cool that they're coming out with this, and I think it's kind of the best that they can do right now, given the circumstance and given the time that we're in. So, based on that, you know, uh, it's okay. Like, like for example, we saw Call of Duty. I don't care about Call of Duty. I like Destiny. I would have preferred if we saw Destiny. And I know it's not realistic because... Sony and Bungie don't work together anymore, right? They don't have a, a partnership. But at the same time, to me, I'm wondering, well, why the hell not? Why can't we see more Destiny at the PlayStation event and the Xbox event? Like, I just want more Destiny. And maybe that's not realistic, right? But that's what I would have preferred to see during that event. Um I do want to also talk about, you know, the pricing, because I think that's really important. We got a $500 disc edition that comes with a Blu-ray player, and then we also got a $400 all-digital edition. Now, the big thing for me was the fact that the $400 edition has the same level of power as the more expensive $500 console. Which, to me, that's a pretty monumental thing for them to be able to bring the console down in price so much, but still keep that performance level. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, that's... Because how much is a, a Blu-ray drive, 4K Blu-ray drive? Like, maybe 15, 20 bucks? You know, and so, I mean, yeah, it, they're definitely, like, losing money on that. But they're going to... I feel like they're going to get it back. It's all digital. So you're going to have to buy your games all digitally. And if they're yeah. going to be $69.99, yeah. And they're going to get their money back from that, you know. And I feel like that was their strategy for that, releasing that console at that price. Yeah. Hey, I think I think it's a really risky thing for them to do because I think that we're assuming that from a monetization standpoint that PlayStation will be the only store where you can acquire that content digitally. I also think that brings a very interesting point because doesn't that also create kind of a monopoly in terms of where you buy your content? And I think it does. And to that effect, I think we're going to have a lot of yeah. questions that are going to be raised going into an all digital age that's going to question does that create a monopoly and does that create unfair competition within the space? And I think it does. And it's going to raise a lot of questions. And we're going to see a lot of changes in terms of how the laws pertain to these things. And I think we're going to see a lot of changes in terms of what platforms are required to do in terms of opening things up to other um, companies so i wouldn't be surprised if we saw an xbox store on playstation on the playstation 5 and vice versa seeing a playstation store on xbox right or a nintendo yeah. store on those platforms i don't because go ahead dan i don't i don't see this as the frontier of that fight though i see like we've we've had this fight for like almost since the beginning of of the digital platforms as storefronts um if anything we've seen it only bolstered 
uh, especially recently. And I doubt that we see without exclusive agreement between console uh, manufacturers, uh, any other game store on their proprietary device. It's just not how, not how uh, there's already been a precedent for over the past 20 years to, uh, to keep everything insular, uh, especially if you look at like Apple. Yeah. Sony is going to want you to buy their games from their store. You know, that's, that's the whole idea of this uh, digital console. You're not going through another entity to get it. You're paying them directly for, for the, uh, for the uh, product. Yeah. So, so that raises an interesting question uh, from Nate in, in chat. And he says, once we see cross play, the stores become less of an issue. Um, do you think that the progress that was made for cross play and the last half of the uh, of th- of this past generation, do you think that that is weakened or strengthened by a new generation launch? Hmm. I would say it's strengthened by it because technologically you're able to allow for these things to happen more seamlessly, right? And I also think there used to be a problem between. If I'm on PC and you're on console, you're playing in 30 frames, I'm playing in 100 frames. How will that allow for us to keep a leveled playing field and allow for us to still to be able to play together and be able to compete? So I think there's that aspect of it. But I also think that, you know, bandwidth is a big aspect also, like in terms of do you have the bandwidth in the household to be able to run this game without having problems? And the technology, the next generation consoles are much more powerful than anything we've ever had. Right. And right now we are at a very huge technological crossroad where technology is is evolving at a really expansive rate. Like just put into perspective, my 1080 Ti graphics card has 12 teraflops. The 3080 has 30 teraflops. That's like almost triple. That's almost 300% of a power improvement. And, and that's pretty massive. So I'm excited about that. And that's something that, that's really making me excited for the future. And you're right. Yeah, we're going to be able to see a lot of things happen because of these technological advances. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious because now we do know when everything is coming out. We know that November 10th is the official date. We know the price, 400 and 500 respectively. I think that's November 12th for the November 12th. The oh, okay. Was it the November 10th, the 10th for the 10th is Series X and Series S. Okay. So yeah. flip-flop. That should be the title of the episode. The flip-flop episode because I flip things opposite anyways so playstation is coming out what do we think of the launch titles are we excited are we like eh? i think it's think? A, i think it's a weak launch lineup <laughs> to be honest with you but what do you expect you know it's a it's a new console we're so many games got delayed this year it's a tough year to launch a console it's very tough 
these consoles should have been delayed to next year with just how much craziness, you know, has happened in the world this year. You know, I feel like they weren't ready. You know, look at Halo Infinite. I mean, look how that game showed at that event. Like, uh, I felt bad for those, you know, how yeah. that shown. You know, it's like, I did. I felt bad. I was like, wow, why, why does it look like that? You know, it's like, why are they, why is there popping? <laughs> like, and it's supposed to be a next gen game. Why is there popping? You know, I thought these SSDs were, you know, were supposed to be so fast that they load the world instantly, you know? So I was just like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I just feel like they could have done more with next year. Like Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West is coming next year. The new God of War game's coming next year. I think it would have been stronger next year. So, I mean, yeah, launch lineup is not too impressive. But, you know, hopefully... There's no way they would have be missed the holiday 2020 window, though. Yeah. Oh, they would have been hurt had they pushed into, like, next year. They kind of had to go with what they got. Yeah. You know, I agree. I think it was really difficult for them because of COVID, because of, you know, real world situations that are occurring. And that created challenges for them. And I think that, you know, communication within such a large company, especially when you have so many individuals who may be foreign in different countries and they're trying to all communicate and be synergistic. I think it's tough and it's no excuse for them with how they handled the event. I think they could have done better, clearly. But I do think that when you compare this event to what we had during the PlayStation 4 Pro event, I think this was better. But to Dan's point, I wish that Sony focused a little bit more on the hardware. And if you look at PlayStation 4 Pro event, they handled that a little bit differently in terms of focusing a little too much on the hardware and they went a little too technical. And that shows that they're not very good at putting together these events. They're just not. Their marketing teams are not as strong. That's not their strong suit. They're not Apple. So I also approach it from that perspective where it's like, I'm grateful for what we're getting because the games that I have now will still be able to play at better frames and to play you know, better quality. And I'm I'm excited about that. I can play Destiny in higher frames on my PS5. I can play games from my PSVR now in, in better quality. So I'm excited about that. And if it may not come right away, I know down the road it's going to happen. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt with this release. And I'm grateful for what we're getting, you know, and it's going to make next generation gaming more accessible to more people with them releasing a 399 version which i think that was a really smart move yeah i mean these these were these were what i thought the prices were gonna be yeah so i mean it's it, it i was a little sense. surprised about 399 i'm not gonna lie because i thought the lower tier model was gonna be 449 i wasn't i wasn't expecting them to drop the price by a hundred dollars they wanted to make it enticing. They wanted to get as close to the Series S as possible. Like, you know, as far but it's as... it's more powerful say, than the Xbox Series S. It's, it's like yeah. a, it's a PS5, but without the disk drive. That's all they're sacrificing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean... That's impressive. 
I got to give him props for that. So, you know, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but, you know, I think that they they did a lot of things right. Yeah, I mean, it was just the communication was just super poor. <laughs> yeah. So so let's talk about pre-orders. Shadow Price, I know you got the bread. How was your pre-order experience like? It wasn't too bad for me personally. You know, I was able to get a pre-order in and without too much too much uh problems. So I mean, I I believe I notified you about it when they you went did. live. You actually the way that I found out was actually through you. You called me and I was like, "Holy shit, what what's happening right now?" And it's funny because when you called me, you were like, oh, get the digital one. It's available on Walmart. And I, I go on to Wario because that's usually where you find your deals. And I'm like, oh, shit, physical copy, uh, physical edition is available right now, $4.99. So I clicked it, got it right away. And it took me about three, four minutes to get my order through because the cart started to glitch. And I saw that people were starting to kind of, you know, gather. The sites but, were getting hammered. Yeah hammered like someone's were just crashing you know completely like yeah you know, yeah but dude i got the bread and and shadow price how did i react after i got my pre-order in because we were on the phone you heard the entire thing how did like I? like you had just gotten the gallahorn like i just P1. got my fucking gallahorn dude i was so happy <laughs> and it was such like honestly it was such a relief and that's why like yes the the reveal wasn't perfect. They could have done it better. I get it. But in the grand scheme of things, they got their console out before Xbox did. So GG's on that. And being first matters in business, right? So GG's for that. And I mean, you know, it wasn't perfect, but we got one, you know? So I'm I'm happy about that. And... I'm not going to pre-order any of those games, to be honest. I'm going to be completely transparent. None of those games seem like, oh, my God, I got to play this on day one. It's like, yeah, I'll pick it up on Black Friday next year, maybe, you know, or sometime when it's not $70. Because for me, it's like, I'm not going to play that game and put in that much effort and time into it. For me, it's like, I play Destiny. And I will spend $200 on Destiny. I will spend $300 on Destiny because I know I'm going to play that game and I'm going to put in that much time and get that much out of it, right? And, you know, it's a bit of a hard sell for me with these new titles that are coming out, but at the end of the day, if it's a game that I really want to play, is that $10 going to make a difference for me? No, but I don't pay $60 for most games, right? I, I don't. I just don't because I don't play them enough to really justify that purchase because I feel like if I buy a $60 game and it's going to sit on the shelf and collect dust and then by the time that it's $20, then I'll get to play it. Then I feel like it's kind of buyer's remorse and I just wasted my money. Right. Yeah. That's uh that's the, that's the thing. It's like trying to find the time to, you know, so, play the play all the games you know it's like i have tons of games and it's like man there's just not enough time in the day it's like i have to neglect other games like you know when i'm when i should be playing this game but i'm playing something else and it's like man you know it's like and i want to be excited for this the new generation i really do 
you know, it's just, they could have handled that event, like not the event, but just they handled the messaging so much better. That's, that's my only gripe with it. You know, I mean, it's I like, think Rocky agrees with you hundred percent clearly. Yeah. So. Yeah, I no, I, I, I agree. And, you know, they could have handled it better, you know, but they, they did the best they could given the circumstance and we got our bread, we got our pre-orders and we're going to pick up our PlayStation 5 with the Blu-ray disc player. So and I'm excited to pop in the Spider-Man game and play Horizon Zero Dawn and all of the other games that I have on the PS4. And I'm really curious to see how that all integrates and how it you know, like whether I can play Death Stranding on the PS5, even if I have the PS4 disc. See, that would have been great if they communicated that, right? I mean, wouldn't you as a gamer of the like of the, you know, played the PS4 and you love that game? What is Isn't that some like information you would have liked to known? Oh, absolutely. And that's why I think they mishandled the message and how they communicated it. They could have done it better. But at the same time, I think they got a lot of heat for something that, in my opinion, wasn't that serious. So it's a no. games. These are games, right? Like like Dan said, it's video games. So like, let's enjoy it. Let's. They're games, but it's, you know, a lot of yeah, money. So. Yeah, games is serious business. <laughs> but at the same time, like, yeah, I think I think I there's there's something to be said about like certain aspects of gaming culture being more like infantile <laughs> than, than others, I guess. Like, especially when it comes to like, especially when it comes to release, I mean, just, just look at any response that any of the community community man managers at Bungie get, uh, when it comes to like anything they say, they could say, Hey, sky's blue today. And somebody's out there, I'm gonna be like, fix your game before you look at the sky. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it's <laughs> so. Regardless of what they say, they're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. The pre-order, yes, it was a clusterfuck. Um, the pre-order tonight. I mean, so you you were talking as we were we were talking on this show. Nine o'clock rolled around, and all of the PS fives from Walmart got snatched up within fifteen seconds. Jeez, we. Were you thinking about grabbing one? No, I was just looking at them. I was I oh. was watching to see how fast they went, and uh, I, apparently they're already up on eBay for nine hundred dollars. Um, immediately mm-hmm. afterward, so I like it's regardless. I my 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 mom always used to say, "Don't ride a roller coaster like the summer that it comes out." Right. Cause there's a lot of like safety issues. There's going to be really long lines Oh yeah. yeah, in order because it has the novelty around it. Right. So I don't know. I, I feel like people want to be part of the zeitgeist, you know, Yeah, people like, want to be part something. of the zeitgeist. They want to be yeah. number one. They want to be the, like in the first week or whatever. But like, honestly, these things are going to be around. They're going to benefit people that, that will get rich off of it that we don't know. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. th- they'll just be around. The games portion comes from like figuring out that you maybe don't need it right away uh, unless you you threw your PlayStation or whatever out the window immediately uh, upon hearing of, of their release, right? Yeah. 
yeah it, these things are gonna you know that's how it always is in a new generation like yeah those first run you know there's gonna be problems like mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna hear these stories of some of the consoles like having oh, yeah. mechanical failure probably you know the the white flaps on my ps4 turned yellow real quick because they got hot yeah (laughs) so i mean there's always going to be use cases like there's going to be you know some things that are just out of the ordinary that that you just see with every console launch so yeah you're right it's not always great to buy right in the beginning because let let them iron out the kinks let them you know tighten up those screws and then the games get better you know they're able to harness the technology more too beyond I'm really excited about like I'm I'm not so much excited for the launch titles I'm more excited about the potential that this console brings and how it impacts the games that I already have because I have so many amazing games and even games that I don't have yet like The Last of Us 2 and Ghosts of uh, Tsushima so these are all games that I really want to play and check out and I'm sure they're going to run better on PlayStation 5 or Red Dead Redemption 2. That's another game that I have, right? So it's going to be really cool to be able to play them on PlayStation 5 and all of the power that it brings. I'm excited because, I mean, if you think about it, from everything that they're claiming about the PlayStation 5, it's going to run pretty close to how my computer is operating right now, which is kind of exciting. I don't know. Close, but I I think our PCs can still... (laughs) pretty much wipe the floor with it <laughs> actually you know it's just that's you know consoles have had to catch up to what pcs have been doing for a long time now now granted the ssd is super powerful in the ps5 i get it and they're touting that because of the speeds of it 5.5 gigabytes per second you know yes that's very impressive so impressive that they they haven't released or just about to release NVMEs that are actually going to be, fine, you know, compatible with it. You have to get certain ones that are going to hit that speed. Otherwise, like, it's not, you know, there's going to have it. You're going to, yeah, bottlenecks. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Shadow Price, which version of the PlayStation 5 are you going to end up going with? Are you going discless or are you going disc I'm version? Ready, you know, turn in my uh physical media like uh badge yet so i'm I'm going with the disc version i like to have my games physical i like to hold them and you know cherish them so uh yeah physical physical version yeah, and and i'm i'm the same way man we're, we're pretty similar in terms of how we think about our video games and um i like my physical titles and i have so many games on playstation that are physical so I definitely want to be able to pop in my disc and play the games on PS5. And, you know, I like physical games. Obviously, now, PC is different. We've, it's been digital for so long yeah. on PC. Oh, for, for PC, even, I don't even have a yeah. disc drive. So if you give me a disc, Same. I wouldn't even I don't either. do it. Yeah. <laughs> so now, Dan, when you get your PlayStation, are you going to go all digital or are you going to get the 4K Blu-ray model? All digital. Um, I am not... Ooh. Someone who um, resells their games um, that often. Uh, I think I've only done that like a handful of times. Or give um, your games to, you know, loved ones or friends. or Right. Things. Right. Yeah. So like I don't resell. I don't, I don't. 
necessarily need a physical copy of something unless it's like a collector's edition. Like some of the some of the Destiny stuff that comes out when it's like there's a statuette or something like that. That I can see like purchasing the uh the artifact for. But when it comes to when it when it comes to video games, I'm like, well, I've got I've it's it's programs. I'm gonna play it either for my enjoyment or for chat's enjoyment. Um I don't necessarily need it on a shelf. So like the the digital storefront is usually where I where I get my things and usually where where I I hold them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't resell I don't resell my games, you know, generally, but I I like physical copies because I feel like what happens if the store goes down? Like Nintendo store with the Wii U, right? Like that store is no longer active. And even if it's like 10 years from now, I I don't want to ever lose access to those games potentially just because that generation of consoles is no longer relevant, even if it's 20 years down the road. And to me, there's a preservation problem when when you buy digital games that I still am not fully settled with. Right. And I think there's something special about owning a physical copy of a game. Like to me, it's like it's that sense of ownership that you have and having that physical item, that artwork and everything else like that. Yeah, it's it's the it's the vinyl conundrum. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like it's it's like in music having an album on vinyl um if you don't have a record player because you have the artifact you enjoy it you you like the line art you or you like the the liner notes you like the artwork you like i I don't know rolling joints on it (laughs) 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 but it's like it's just like a uh it's it's an artifact of something you enjoy and if that if that's that's what grounds you to it go for it personally my experiences are what ground me to the the art that i consume um although i am an avid vinyl collector so there i am shooting myself in the foot it is very difficult to move that vinyl between apartment to apartment so uh you know you you just got to do what you what you do yeah, that's how I am with my gaming collection. It's like I like that physical ownership, and I have so many collector's editions. It's ridiculous, um, but I like it. I collect these things. I like the statues, and I like the steel book, and all that good stuff. And I, I don't want it to go away, you know. But that's just me. So, anyways, we we talked quite passionately about PlayStation Five and. Shadow Price had a lot of thoughts about it, and we Sorry had some about the stall, great guys. conversations. I, just, I had to keep it real. So a little yeah. bit of salt, a little bit of salt. But uh, we're gonna keep things moving on, and we have some more stuff to talk about. And Shadow Price has some new information to share from Bungie. We have a brand new TWAB with some new stuff that came out regarding ghost shells and shadow price what's what's happening in the world of bungie this week uh yeah we got some uh new info in the bungie weekly update about uh they're changing our ghosts hopefully for the better and uh they go on to say that uh, last week a new exotic became available to add to your collection and we celebrated destiny's birthday and 
they said they're still keeping an eye out for pictures attempts at making the cake. And there, things are a little quieter this week, and they're able to take advantage of, you know, people who are able to take advantage of double rewards in the Nightfall ordeals. Uh, I believe, uh, Dan, you were talking about that earlier. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's good to farm. It's a good week to farm for things. Absolutely. You know, you don't, get, there's not a lot going on. <laughs> get, get your materials to get ready for Beyond Light. So you're going to have those materials when you go to upgrade your your gear in the fall expansion uh so not to waste any more time we can get right into talking about these ghosts um and they go on to say that a guardian's ghost is their most trusted ally and is tasked with keeping them in a fight your ghost isn't just in charge of bringing you back from the brink it also comes with some perks with a wide range of cool looks to choose from and that we have some changes planned for your floaty friends and ask designer mina Jasinski to tell us all about what the team is doing to improve and customize your ghosts. Uh, so they go on to describe that the ghosts have been important partners to our guardians, but they haven't received any meaningful updates in quite some time. And to allow ghosts to truly shine is to use useful and interesting companions. We like them to be, they wanted to give them an overhaul. So, you know, what do you guys think initially before I even like go into the details about this, about our ghosts being overhauled to, you know, allow to be more custom, customizable. So uh, my initial thought without having read this twab is that I really want for the ghost to have different voices. Do you remember call of duty ghosts when <laughs> like ghosts. randomly you can yeah. buy, you can buy a, yeah, no fun intended. You can buy a voice pack for like Snoop Dogg. Like Snoop Dogg I would absolutely and, yeah. love if we can just buy a voice pack for different celebrities that could be your ghost. How <laughs> freaking Dinklage. cool would that be? <laughs> Peter Dinklage, <laughs> get him back. <laughs> you can bring Dinklage back. Like how awesome would that be? I mean, I know it's like it would be a lot of work and it's not realistic, but that would be really cool. And that's my initial thought when I think of, oh, the ghosts are being overhauled. Um, new sounds. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I read through this earlier the uh, earlier this afternoon, um, like when they when it, when they said, "Oh yeah, your ghosts are going to get an overhaul," and I was like, "So are we are we talking ghost 2.0? Because everything else gets a 2.0, right? We had armor, we had weapons. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for ghosts and supers to get 2.0. So." I was really excited about it. And guess what? Turns out I'm right. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're with us all the time. So it almost makes sense to give them, you know, the the treatment that they deserve. So to go on further in the article, um, in Destiny 2 Beyond Light, ghosts have received a system update which shares some functionality to what was done with armor and shadow keep, as Dan referred to the 2.0. And here's a brief outline of what to expect. Ghost shells will now have energy levels and access to mods with various energy costs instead of being preloaded with specific perks. This treatment has been applied to ghost shells outside of the general shell, so you can use your favorite ghost shells regardless of the tier. A selection of mods will be available on go- all ghost shells by default, while the remaining ones will be obtainable via various gameplay sources. Information on where these mods can be learned, uh, where they can be found and or learned from the collections. 
Uh, ghost mods will be obtained from gameplay reward loops and will not, I repeat, will not be purchable, purchasable from Eververse. Ghosts now have four mod slots. Three are unlocked by default, and the fourth is unlocked by masterworking the ghost shell. Uh, so they say one of their goals with the update was to separate the visuals from functionality. They wanted the ghost shell to be viable and still have access to highly useful mods regardless of tier or source. And then you'll be able to select your favorite ghost shell based on the appearance without any determinant to your experience. Whether you purchase a ghost shell from Eververse, earn it from a newest raid, or pull it from the, uh, favorite, your old favorite out of collections, your ghost will have access to all the same mods across your account. From there, you can increase energy levels of your favorite ghost shells and set them each up with different mod combinations of your choosing. So what do you guys think about that? I'm all for more customization. And if anything, this opens up that possibility, uh, especially if you go in and look at uh, the just some of the um, mods that they're talking about adding. Especially mm -hmm. like so like they're talking about there's six different levels of experience gain uh, on one of these tiers that they're showing. So like one of them is a 12% uh, increase to experience gains uh, for blinding light, which is probably like the max tier that you'll get from something like that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I just if it allows you to play the way that you want and allows for customization, uh, allows you to make builds uh, specifically for activities, even though, like, there's, some, the, like, the ghost system as it is now, I just end up deleting everything. I, I have I have a ghost on there just to kind of look pretty, but other than that, it, that's it. Um, yeah, you got that guiding light, you know, perk. Yeah. And that, that you want to make sure you get that extra experience. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So it was, I don't know. I, it's a, it's about time that ghosts had more of a, um, more of a customiz customization option, and they they already had the system in place for especially armor 2.0, and I'm I'm actually a pretty big fan of armor 2.0. I think it's pretty expensive at times, but um, there's also it seems like they're listening to the community and trying to balance it out and allow people to uh, play the way that they want. So I'm i uh, I'm pretty into that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I echo everything that Dan said. I agree. Yeah. And to go further into the details, they, uh, as mentioned above that ghosts will now have access to a total of four mod slots, each with their own unique mod selection. There'll be an experience mod slot, a tracking mod slot, an economic mod slot and an activity mod slot the last of which is unlocked when the ghost is masterworked at 10 energy and then you'll be able to mix and match the mods from these categories however you like with respect to your energy limits mod slots each have a selection of mods that can be combined to fit your play style for example a crucible focused player who wants to grind out materials and earn xp towards their seasonal rewards track might choose guiding light meager glimmer booster and lesser core harvest for crucible there are a variety of combinations that can be set up a different ghost to suit whatever goals you might be chasing at that time so you can kind of like you basically you know just 
how you want to play, you can just mold it into your, your the way you play. What will uh, what you're you're going after? You know what you're chasing in the game. So, and that's that's pretty cool. So, for those wondering what, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say I think it adds more depth to the game, and it gives you a deeper level of progression. And I'm really like, I like the idea of having the ghost be a more integrated part of your gaming experience in the world of destiny yeah uh so they go on to say for those wondering what will happen to the old ghost perks most have been brought forward largely unchanged as default unlocked mods in some cases such as destination specific material or cash trackers those mods have been transformed into globally effective non-destination specific versions of themselves for better utility Energy costs for those mods now reflect the increased flexibility, and the mods must be earned from various vendor engrams. The Kill Tracker and Leviathan boss kill perks will remain intrinsic only on their specific ghost shells. Even with these changes, you'll still be able to build most of the popular exotic perk combinations that were available previously, such as Guide and Light and Treasure Hunter, along with a plethora of new combinations. We hope that these changes allow you to interact with your ghosts more meaningfully and help set up a variety of ghost shells that suit you in various playstyles and activities. So they go and give you two examples here, uh, and they showed the different slots that you can have. You can have, a, it looks like you have up to four, like they said. And uh, yeah, I mean, we can't see exactly what those mods are, but you get a good idea of what, you know, we'll be, be able to do with our ghosts come beyond light. Yeah. I mean, so, it's going to be the same thing that they've always done. They're still going to be basically uh, personified garage door openers. But if they can <laughs> allow you, <laughs> if they can allow you to customize it, it's it's a better system overall. Yeah, I mean, it, it it goes along with the whole you know RPG aspect. Yeah, more RPG, and I like more RPG. So, uh so that's the end of the talk about the ghosts uh you guys have any final thoughts about it corn no i mean i'm I'm excited to see how they develop the the system with ghosts 2.0 um i think this is a welcoming change to the game and i'm excited to see how they can integrate especially end game activities with how they reward you with different mods and really cool end game progressions yeah yeah i agree totally i like i like the fact that it's going to be in-game stuff too and not not eververse like you're not going to get a ghost yeah, from eververse. that's a big one you're only, yeah you're only going to get it from playing the game from doing activity and that's yeah. a win exactly um i want this next uh this next thing i this i, I want to mention this uh it's uh titled honoring a friend um, they said next week we have a tribute going live in a game to honor one of our dear friends at Vicarious Visions who passed away last year, Matt Helsom. The weekly reset will include a director message that will send you to Mars for a short quest to honor Mr. Helsom. He worked closely with teams at Bungie and VV on various projects during our partnership, and we wanted to memorialize his contributions in the De Destiny universe. We wish all of his family, friends, and everyone he impacted during his life the very best. Thank you to everyone in the community who joins us in remembering this warm soul. 
and my condolences and you know sympathies go out to uh Mr. Helsum and you know everybody affected you know so that's that's a really awesome thing that they're doing in game to honor this individual mhm so it's um yeah Bungie's always good about doing those things and somebody close that they knew who worked at Vicarious Visions, you know how much awesome work Vicarious Visions did with Bungie on Destiny. Yeah. So it also yeah. does a good job of bridging the gap between now and Festival of the Lost. Exactly. Which you know, it, like mm-hmm. it, it it sucks that someone they knew and someone that worked on the game passed. And I feel for their family. Um but it has it has that added benefit for for the team as well. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's great stuff. Um, yeah, and I definitely encourage anyone who is able to support it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be checking out that that I, I want to see what exactly you know they did you know to to honor. This individual, you know, my heartfelt sympathies goes out, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, to switch gears for a moment, uh, we're going to talk about the Xbox Game Pass and expansion availability. So starting next Tuesday, September 22nd, Destiny 2 will become avail- available on Xbox Game Pass at 8 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. However, players won't be able to access Forsaken and Shadowkeep until at 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time when the hotfix goes live. 2.9.2.1. So, wow, next week, coming to Game Pass, Destiny 2. That's pretty See, cool, because I thought it wasn't coming until Beyond Light. <laughs> yeah, the the value prospect of the Xbox Game Pass just is so vast. <laughs> and, uh, like, having, having the cheaper, uh, going back a little bit, having the cheaper Xbox kind of just be a stream machine is perfect for all of their services combined. And uh I don't know. I like I'm really stoked that they uh that they're adding Destiny 2 as a uh as a playable game on Game Pass. I feel like that will be huge for that side of the community in particular. I don't know how many people play on Xbox uh as compared to PC and and PlayStation, but I don't think it's a lot. Um and so that that can only help boost boost the numbers over there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it's almost similar to what they did, you know, when they migrated and made things free to play last year. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of people are going to have Game Pass, you know, because it's a great value uh, proposition. Yeah. You know, value transmission is there. You got access to all those games, you know, that you're going to be able to play the newest like releases like on day one, you know? So I, it's, it's a great addition. I feel like to Xbox game pass. Absolutely right. I think game pass is probably the best value in in gaming and it's going to be really hard to beat because Xbox has put a lot of effort and a lot of work into developing this system. And we're finally seeing it all pay off in a pretty big way. And it's exciting for gamers because for just 10 bucks a month, you can get access to like all the awesome games, which 
that has never been possible before, right? Like in the past, growing up, I remember if I want to play a game, I have to spend $60 on it, right? There's no other way around it. And with Game Pass, you're getting access to all these games for just 15 bucks a month. Yeah, Nate said in the chat, it's better than Stadia. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. But I mean, there was Stadia... so much promise. There was so much promise with Stadia, and they fumbled it so bad. If you want to talk about a launch that was worse than the PlayStation 5 pre pre sale, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. Stadia is is that benchmark. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. there's n- nothing else in my mind. And you know what? I kind of knew this was going to happen because if you look at Google as a company, this is how they operate. They do experimental things to see how they work because Google is one of the biggest, richest companies out there. So they can afford to just say, here's a billion dollars. We're just going to take a chance, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean they have the passion that it takes to succeed and the determination to see the project through. And clearly we saw Stadia as a final product. It didn't live up, right? And I mean, Bungie signed this agreement with them. They released their game on there. I'm pretty sure it didn't do quite as well as they expected. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, just the Xbox Game Pass is a good deal. Destiny being on there is going to be great. It's It should be a good time. Yeah. And hey, isn't that coming next week? We'll be able to play Destiny 2 on Game Pass? Yeah, next week. Sweet. Yeah, the same day the uh, pre-orders go live for Series X and Series S, I believe. The 22nd. That's perfect. And now do oh. we get access to everything up until like they said shadow everything keep? yeah they said uh forsaken and shadow keep won't be available for two hours after it goes live but it will be available once at, or at 10 a.m pacific daylight time oh there there you have it yeah so if you have not played destiny and you have game pass your subscription is going to be more valuable this september 22nd so make sure to check that out and Shadow yep. Price, what else is happening in the world of Bungie news? Few more, few more housekeeping things. Uh, basically, we have a hotfix next week, uh, 2.9.2.1. And there is a timeline of events at 8 a.m. that day, Pacific Daylight Time, that Destiny 2 will undergo maintenance. And Xbox players will not be able to view or access recently purchased DLC until after the maintenance is completed. Uh, 8.45 a.m., the Destiny 2 will be brought offline for expected maintenance, and players will be removed from activities and won't be able to log back in until 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, when it will be available again, and then players will have to log back in at Destiny 2, and then maintenance will complete at 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. So that's what's uh, going on for that next week. There's a few known issues I just want to touch on really quick. Um, earlier today, they announced that due to extended season, clans can no longer gain XP and Hawthorne's weekly challenge can no longer be completed. Their investigation found that trying to fix these issues could result in all clans losing their earned ranks. These issues will be fixed on November 10th when Beyond Light launches. And Felwinter's helmet change 
changes the Warlock Solstice ornament glows to another glow. So those are the two known issues that wanted to bring to attention. But wow, that's pretty big with the clan. You cannot yeah. gain any more XP at all this season. Well, yeah. Wasn't clan. it supposed to come out this week? Uh, or I last think week? So. Yeah. Like Des- Destiny, the Beyond Light would have come out last week. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. It's disappointing, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much the TWAB. I mean, there's a couple of movies of the week in there. Um The Warframe one was kind of cool. The War the Warframe one was really cool. And congratulations to everybody who won. Yeah, congratulations. And they have an Among Us one. But it's Destiny. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's the TWAB, guys. Hey. We made it to the end. Hashtag made it to the end. <laughs> and uh, we have a tradition on the show where we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. And Dan, you remember how this works. How would you rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls? Um, I would say that it is an order of six spicy tuna rolls. Uh, in my belly, but then I also have a side of six Philly rolls that I'm also going to eat and stick in my belly. You know what? That's what I'm going to have for lunch tomorrow. Thanks for, thanks for, man, I, I'm going to have it too. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to order it tomorrow. Yeah. I might have to do the same thing. And it's like the sushi out here is not that good. Uh, you're making it really hard for me. It, I live and- in Indiana. It's not that good here either, but. <laughs> it's not that bad here in new york not not too ah, shabby yeah, see yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're we're in florida and the sushi could be better i expected better because we're by the water but yeah okay it's okay <laughs> but anyways so you would give six out of ten yeah he went no he went I'm six because to... we, we usually could do five like out of yeah. five, right? He's going six. I'm doing oh, man, six so spicy going like rolls, and I'm also going. Clear. Okay, and I'm also going the Philly roll because a I'm hungry, and b I thought it was a fairly good twab. It was kind of light, which is needed at times. Um, last week we had a lot of information kind of dumped on us, and we'll just and hopefully next week we'll have a little bit more. But for the size that it was, it was fairly concise with its information. And allow and gave us some useful information about a system that would that would come up and and um, be online. Yeah, that's great. And Shadow Price, what would you give this week's Bungie Weekly Update? Well, I gotta follow my man Dan here. You know, it's like gotta give this thing a six. Like, you know, it's like there was a lot of useful information, like he said, and you know they. Uh, you know, just go to also Bungie being as great as they are, you know, honoring, you know, somebody that w- was close to them, you know, very heartfelt. And, you know, I, I can't give this thing anything less than that. So mm-hmm. like, you know, just, yeah, it's great. Six out of five. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I'm feeling good. It's been a productive week. I got my bread. I got my PlayStation 5. I'm happy. 
I'm excited. Fuck it. Six out of five spicy tuna rolls. I think that it's great that they honored somebody who works for a completely different company. And that's really cool. And we're getting some really exciting changes coming to Ghost Shells this November. So I think that's really cool. And, you know, I think it was kind of a short and sweet update this week. And, yeah, I'll give it a six out of five spicy tuna rolls this week. So thank you, Bungie, for the weekly update this week. And Guardians, we have come to that time two-hour episode, my ass, uh, where we get to let everybody know where we can find our guests and our hosts. And Dan, do you want to kick things off? Where can we learn more about you and what you do? Oh, hey, yeah. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Danfinity, where the eyes are else. You can also find me on Twitch three days a week, twitch.tv forward slash Danfinity. Uh, this week, we'll be, uh, I'm going to be doing some PS4 helps uh, tomorrow on Friday, uh, the day after this was recorded, and on Sunday. Uh, Planet Destiny episode 254 airs on Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv forward slash planet underscore destiny. And uh, outside of that, we, we're doing Discord uh, community events. In, in the Discord, uh, DM me for details. Nice. Cool. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? I don't know if you want to follow me on Twitter after, you know, my tirade tonight. Not, <laughs> you know what? It's, Not after you know, this week. <laughs> at your own risk, you can follow me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79. I tend to get a little bit, you know, passionate about things. You know, it's uh, just... I don't know. You know, I, I like to add a different, you know, aspect and, you know, angle to it. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Twitter, ChildPrice79. And here on the Destiny Show podcast every Thursday night. Very cool. And you can find the Destiny Show podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts. We are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and the list goes on. If you like the show, please leave a review and subscribe. It really helps so that other Guardians can learn more about the show, and it helps us grow and create amazing content for you each and every week. So we appreciate you all for tuning in live and for listening wherever you listen to our podcast. And we cannot wait to see you, Guardians, next week. As a reminder, you can find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. You can find us on our website at destinyshow.com. You can find us also, where else can you find us? Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, all those good places. And you can also find us on uh, Instagram whenever we decide to do that at Destiny Show P-O-D. And you can find me at OMG Cornholio on the Twitter. And I tweet random gaming stuff and marketing stuff. And yeah, and that's where you can learn more about me. And Guardians, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the Destiny Show podcast. Next week, we welcome the super talented, the amazing Young Khan on the show. We're going to put him on the hot seat for our discussion with the Guardians. And we're going to continue our discussion about all things Destiny as we get closer to Beyond Light. So thank you, Guardians, for tuning in, and we hope to see you all next week. Good night.
Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together.